Many scientists are beginning to believe that a vaccine against AIDS may be impossible to make and too dangerous to test. If you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine, then you say, okay, that's good. Now let's give it to uh, 500 people. And then a year goes by and everything's fine. You say, well, then now let's give it to thousands of people. And then you find out that it takes 12 years for all hell to break loose. And then what have you done? And the FDA failed in this, and they, they allowed them not to submit the numbers for the absolute risk reduction, the ARR. So it literally takes 120 people to get two shots to decrease symptoms in one, one patient. And so of those 120, how many people are going to end up with autoimmune disease two to three years down the road? How many are going to end up with cancer two to three years down the road, or four or five years? We don't know. But here's what I'm seeing in the laboratory already, and this is very, very concerning. We're seeing a very concerning locked-in low profile of these important killer T cells that you want in your body. It's almost a, re a reverse HIV. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a jam-packed show for you today. The last few shorter ones I had to squeak out, of course, this is going to include everything else that I had off to the side that I need to get spoken Otherwise, my head will explode. So we have to go through all this stuff today, and it's really important information. But I want you guys to know there's some real important gems in the, in the show today, which is how this tends to go when there's really important things. I want to make sure that those get clipped out for those, you know, whether Star or Brock or anybody out there that's working on the clips, that we get those focal points out there. But overall, let me quickly run this down for those to hopefully you'll stay through all the way to the end. But of course, we're going to start with a little bit of censorship discussion that I think you all will find very relevant we're going to talk about some weird it, 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 social media manipulation around this discussion, talking about inoculating users against misinformation, a re, an, an analogy they've already used many times before. We're going to have a quick focus on foreign policy and discuss some interesting overlaps in the world today and some interesting admissions coming from NATO in regard to Ukraine. But hopefully, quickly, we'll get right to the point of the show today, which will be, one, the FDA authorizing the shot that has not gotten new safety testing, that's barely been tested on people at all outside of other versions and in regards to the idea that this is emergency authorized at a time when there's every possible legal and just general reason and it shouldn't be emergency authorized, that there's alternative uses, that there's alternative approved injections on, that haven't been put out, but they're on paper approved. Legally speaking, you should not be able to authorize, especially the one the way that they try to conflate it as the same thing, even more so obvious, even though it's not the same thing, that's what their narrative is. Therefore, if it is the same thing or just a booster of the same thing, then it shouldn't be allowed. Neither should a new one because you already are under emergency authorization. We'll go through that today. Talk about a couple of points that in regard to the, the uh, pregnancy issue and some of the ones we've been making to make sure we guys, hopefully the audience can see out there why it's so important and that you know that you guys if you're watching this show tend to be ahead of the curve and i think that's important to point out for why it's important to support this platform and we're also going to get into uh the the what i find to be the most important point today which is 
really interesting research coming from University of North Carolina, Ralph Barrick, through the 80s and the 90s, which is specifically focused on using coronaviruses to induce myocarditis. And I just think this is and shout out to Gumby for Christ on Twitter that is just always doing good research. Absolutely mind boggling that we can be in a situation where we can be. And this is just one small piece of it. The entire picture out there, as you've seen a lot of great people out there breaking down the patents around this, the information, the previous research, the gain of function. Oh, excuse me. The EPPPP researcher, how many P's they want to put there. All of it shows you this active body of work focusing on exactly what happened. Now, whether you want to look at that as it was used or their incompetence and it was let out again, which has happened in the past, or this is a a cover story. Either way you look at this, everything about this is falling apart. And it shows you that the people that were focused on early by independent research are clearly involved in what's happening here. As they then, I'll show you, they took action to keep this from public view we're also going to, if I have the energy today, I wanted to focus a little bit and a couple, make a quick, couple quick points on the Hunter Biden laptop, the FBI warrant, and the diary, and how this all kind of interestingly connects. But also a finishing, again, if I have the energy today to talk about the energy crisis, the manufactured water crisis, and the Great Reset, and how that all ties together with everything we're talking about today. So please stay tuned till the end. There's a lot to get into, and this is important stuff. Now to start, censorship. Just wanted to point this out. I thought this was interesting. As Evangelina points out, Google has announced it's rolling out a mass censorship program to certain EU countries because they won't follow the acceptable rules and have dared to voice their opinions. That's obviously her take, but I agree. Google's jigsaw to roll out anti-disinformation campaign in some EU countries. Now, why would that even make sense? Who's deciding who's more involved in disinformation as a country or whose people are doing more so and does that mean that they're actually misinforming or are they people in these countries that are more open-minded and willing to ask questions and have discernment and maybe listen to independent media oh no we have to crack down on those misinformers over there talking about myocarditis and stuff you know that's just kind of my take from it overall i don't know why we think google has any investment in actual truth and the flow of information their entire business model is around the control of information But it's interesting to see how this is happening and how it's being focused on specific places. It's just a larger version of exactly what's happening to you. Oh, no, it's these certain areas or these people, people with these kind of opinions, all coming down from a centralized position where they make these decisions for you and then act like it's all based on expert opinion. Or even if they are so-called experts, that it should not be something that a top-down centralized power gets to decide for everybody else, even and especially when we all, or at least by and large, disagree on with. And this is in regard to censorship. I mean, the only time it seems, and we'll get to this point later in the show today, the only time it seems to matter or rather not matter is when it's the other side being censored. And that's why the two-party paradigm is continuing to break our logic because it's secretly okay because we don't like how bad they are. And it's actually probably good that we censor them because all they're doing is lying to everybody. Whatever the rationale is on the side of the paradigm, you end up justifying censorship. That's all they want from you guys. And that's all these plays and manipulations work. That's what I'm always trying to point out. But I wanted to also go through, uh, actually, by the way, Brad uh, Van Allen made this interesting video, uh, quick taken from a, a show I did that I thought was pretty funny that I wanted you guys to see, just kind of breaking down the censorship that I've gone through. Venmo, been censored from Venmo, Twitter, six or more times, Facebook, three times, LinkedIn, my professional account was deleted, Patreon, which took the money and still does of the people that still think that I'm there, Tumblr, a long time ago, whatever that platform was at one point, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, 
uh, Google in general. As you remember, we were banned from Google products. We just have other pirate accounts we use now. If I was still using my original login, I probably wouldn't be able to use my emails. GoDaddy, don't forget they blocked my podcast and suppressed my site until we switched to the new site. Google uh, AdSense, was also, which was also Google. YouTube, personally, three different channels. And I don't even know how many pirate channels we've gone over. I, over 50 easily. And I think about it this way. Every show I do, we do on a pirate channel. Ever since we got uh, censored on YouTube, all that time ago. And every single one of these episodes gets a strike. Every single one of them. Think about that. <laughs> That's how many strikes, which adds up to how many channels. You guys can do the math. Reddit, we were censored on long before the show even started. Band.video, don't forget. My TLAV video account on theirs was deleted. I did a show on there, which captured that I did have the account and that they just arbitrarily deleted it. No one ever answered for that. Not that they even have to. It's their platform. But don't call yourself a free speech platform and then ban people on band.video, which is just ridiculous. DLive still censors my account, which is why I stopped using them. PayPal also took money and never gave the account back. Instagram, TikTok are still censoring our videos every day. You can ask Sar about that. Then some, to some smaller degrees, which I'll give them credit for at the very least of not continuing to do it. But Buy Me a Coffee did censor us for one moment. And then they pulled it back. They admitted to doing it and said, nope, nope, we did it on accident. And so I'll leave that alone. Brighteon, apparently still you can search for my work and it never shows up. I asked them about it. Nobody said anything about it. So they said, we don't know. And I just stopped using it. Gitter and Rumble both doing small different things. But at the end of the day, we're still using them. But there's more, guys. I know there's more platforms that we've been censored for. But on that note, not... <laughs> and you can even see the censorship begin at the end or rather just connectivity issues but oops have it in the middle here i was grabbing some stuff as i was going forward so i just thought that was pretty funny with the little images by it next to it everything i mean you know and just so it's clear by the way you know not that it ever matters to what these trolls in the world think <laughs> but i'm not actually i'm not arguing i am the most censored person on the internet i was laughingly saying this i've always been like how is that possibly true I feel like there's people that have been censored longer and larger than me. My point in the last show I made was simply like, I'm starting to get to the point where like, maybe that's actually true. Jokingly, I don't even know. Because how could I possibly know? There's people that have been censored for years on these platforms. Just so that's clear. But people love to take things out of context when they just don't like you very much, you know? But the point is the censorship is obviously there. And it is just everywhere. And I'm not the only one. Just it's, it's just weirdly focused on somebody like me who you guys don't know for sure. You never should just trust what people tell you they are, or what they think. But I know that I'm genuine. I know that I care about this. I know that I also make mistakes because I'm an honest person that does what they think is right. And sometimes it's not right. We all make mistakes. The point is that I find it impossible to believe that all that's happening because I'm misinforming people when I know that I'm doing my best to be objective and, and, and everything I can, even though sometimes you make mistakes. It's just so crazy to see how that is being focused and targeted on specifically people that I also know are very objective, like James Corbin, or people that were, or do go out of their way to be, to be to do so. I just think it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. But just like to point that out. But also I want to make a point about this in regard to Rumble that I thought was very interesting. Now they've reached out to me after all this time, which I, you know, I have to point out, I think it mildly frustrates me because they only ultimately respond when other people poke them enough to get it to look at me after many emails and so on. But this is the CEO of Rumble posting something about how, oh, people were thanking him about how great they are in free speech and all that. And somebody said, well, he was optimistic. Uh, and had ultimately that could be restored if people if they would address why my videos are being demonetized. And here's the clip from that show. And Rumble are two good examples of current stuff. Gitter got caught censoring me along with a couple other people. They rectified it. Hasn't happened since. But Rumble is demonetizing a bunch of my videos these days.
And that's one of these newer ones everyone's jumping on. And I used to, right? But I call, I, they won't respond to me. I've sent emails. I've called them out on Twitter. <laughs> Why are you demonetizing my videos? I had a video that was over 600,000 views that was monetized, made like six cents. So I'm like, how does that make sense? So I just, you know, I, and by the way, the funny part to end, I, I, I know there are more. Yeah, and this was our conversation, James Corbett's Solutions Watch discussion, where, again, I'm going to take that proud badge where he told me I was the most objective person on the Internet. <laughs> I think that's blow me away. I think that's outstanding. I strive to be as objective as people like James Corbett. But and then, of course, after that was when people said they rumble reached out and said, what's your channel? I gave them my channel. I said, I've emailed DM, DM and reached out numerous times. And they said, DM us. And I did. So that's where this ended up. Now, here is our conversation. I said, hey, guys, last DM for, uh, uh, for my old account was censored. It was censored for peer-reviewed science that I simply reviewed and told them what was going on. And I'd ask, basically, I reached out wanting to know what was going on. Before I ever made an issue about this, I said, what is the deal? Why is this happening? How did I make so little? Just trying to get information for people. Now, they made the point about it only being Rumble ads from last Monday, which is fair. It's a good point. I said, well, let us, and they said, let us know what video you'd like us to review. And I said, I'm not, I'm not really concerned about the income, more so about the demonetized videos and why that's happening. So I gave them the links to some the, to numerous videos that were demonetized. It's just some of them. Um, and I said, and, oh, by the way, I'm also finding it quite interesting. And again, you guys can think for yourselves what you think of you know these kind of points. But I think it's interesting that <clears throat> the last few videos that, uh, where were we here? Wait, that's interesting. Not sure why those. Oh, so that some so that's weird. So what I was going to say, I don't know why these are the ones that they just checked and are suddenly up at the top here. I'm not sure why now they're monetized. So good, they monetize them, but I don't. I would like to know why this happened. Anyway, my point is that the last few videos in between this time frame, suddenly we're getting 300, 800, 500, 600. Very strange. After getting you know. 5,000 to 10,000 views a pop. I thought that was weird, but these are the older ones, by the way. So I look three weeks old. Well, it's very strange. Anyway, you'll see what I mean. So the point is I basically said, uh, here's the video that had 500,000 views and it only made a few cents. Can you explain that? Like, I'd like to understand why now, first of all, I said the airstrikes video, and that's the one, this is only one of the links I shared. And this is the one here that was showing the Gaza, not graphic, but just the children that died from the bombing, the illegal bombings. That's where the images of children are injured or killed will not get monetized. So I thought that was interesting. So right out of the gate, let's be clear. What they're saying is that won't get monetized because those apparently aren't allowed. Whoever it is with the ad companies at Rumble, they're making choices to not monetize them because of the videos or the images. So, in, and it says, uh, well, basically I made the point and I said, okay, well, how, how well, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting mixed around here because there's two different points in between. But then I found two videos on Rumble that have those images, one from Reuters, one from Al Jazeera, or have those, you know, the images, the same kind I'm using. And I said, well, as for the image, do these not count? Now, you know, I'm not calling for them to be censored. And I said, let me know why that's different when you have a sec. And what about the other videos? Why are they demonetized? They simply said that we can't speak for other accounts, but we've escalated to re-review those videos. I said, that's not even remotely what I was asking. I don't want you to censor or demonetize anything, but I will sure keep an eye on them to see if you change anything about them. I don't want you to, though. I would disagree with that. But how do I know in, in regard to these videos over here? Here's the other point. The larger video, they said, well, it's on an embed. Therefore, the embed won't get any monetization. I found that strange that a lot of these video views come from embeds all around. But I said, well, how do I know that? How do I know and how can I monetize and prove that? No, no, no response. This thing about this conversation leaves me a little unsettled, to be quite honest. 
And they said, none of your videos are being censored, which I didn't say they were. Advertisements are not by Rumble, but other companies. We allow them to choose where those advertisements go. That's a good point. I understand that. The videos you outlined have been fixed or in the process of being reviewed again. But that doesn't make sense to me. If the advertisers are choosing them and they chose these not to be monetized, how can they be fixed suddenly? And why are they now monetized? That just doesn't even make sense to me. I said, I was not suggesting you were censoring. I was simply saying I disagree with that, which is the same, you know, they're kind of in the same discussion. So if they needed to be fixed, what was the issue? How did they end up being demonetized to begin with? And were you saying that this is due to advertisers? And I haven't heard back. So I thought you guys would like to know that. Now, maybe they'll be bristled about the fact that I showed the conversation. It's about transparency to me. And I don't like the idea that that doesn't really make me feel better. Now, Now that they're just, back all of a sudden monetized except they just told me the ads wouldn't let that happen they just did it i don't know it's confusing to me despite the fact that i've got zillions of monetized videos on here with all eight thousand ten thousand views i still make like 10 cents so just not really feeling settled i'll wait to find out what happens but i think it's important guys you know maybe you got maybe some of you don't like the fact that i'm talking about this or so on but don't you think it's important that we we find out whether these free speech platforms are in fact about free speech To me, that seems wildly important, not defending it because they support our party, right? Making it really about whether or not they are. And I think that matters. Just my personal take. Now, going to the next point in regard to the same concept of social media censorship, this found, sorry about this black bar, I just don't want to save my cookies on here. Social media experiment reveals potential to inoculate millions of users against misinformation. Now, we've seen all of this building. This is Google, Twitter, every one of them are doing the same thing right now. It's hard to miss how in lockstep everything seems to be. Whatever topic we're talking about, it's no longer where you got one company changing their mind. You got all of them in some weird shift doing things simultaneously these days. We need to point that out and realize what that really shows you, that there's coordination of some kind of unseen guidance, or rather <laughs> very seen if you feel like you know, you know what we're pointing at. But the bottom line is, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's climate change, whether it's Ukraine, there's just weird collective effort that's just always simultaneous. In this case, we've got the pre-bunk rolling out in Google, Twitter, Cambridge University is doing a study on it right as they roll it out. It's like there's been coordination here and they want to inoculate you against misinformation. Very strange and obvious choice of analogy. Short animations giving viewers a taste of the tactics behind misinformation can help to, quote, inoculate people against harmful content on social media when deployed on YouTube's advert advert slot. So now we got YouTube involved. YouTube, well, Google, obviously, but Twitter, YouTube, Google, Cambridge, all of them, I think, are doing something similar. According to a major online experiment, now it says working with Jigsaw, who we've talked about before, a unit within Google dedicated to tackling threats to open societies. It's a very strange focus, as if that's what everybody ultimately wants, but a team of psychologists from the University of Cambridge in Bristol created 90-second clips designed to familiarize users with manipulation techniques such as scapegoating and deliberate incoherence, which I'm not, I'm actually not familiar with the idea of deliberate incoherence. I feel like that sounds silly. Maybe I'm not understanding what that really means, but if you're deliberately being incoherent with your message, how in the world does that trick people? I don't even know what, but my point is that what they're about to show you in regard to the scapegoating point is exactly what they do to you every single day, everywhere the government, the media. So it's hilarious that they're trying to make this about what they argue we're doing, essentially. Now, I'm not going to say that there's not people out there that are, I guess, would be perceived as being in our field that aren't blatantly misinforming people. I agree. I argue absolutely they have a right to do so. 
They have a right to speak their mind. Some of them may think they're saying the truth and they have a right to say it. Some of them may intentionally try to deceive you. And guess what? They have a right to do that. My point is individual adults out there have discernment and should be making choices for themselves and not rely on mommy, daddy government to step in and be like, that one's not right. This one is pat you on the head. Go along. That's not how that works. You're supposed to be a grown up making choices for yourself. But the point here is that they're, they're framing this as in the same way that they're going to put these things out and explain to you how they're deceiving you. So apparently you can be inoculated against when it happens. But all they're really doing is priming you for focusing this on anybody else but them. But it says this pre-bunking strategy preemptively. Don't you love that? Also getting into preemptive, you know, uh, uh, pre-crime, pre-medical, pre-crime, all these different acts of of getting ahead of things where you're going to get sick. You're about to break the law, right? You're going to misinform. This pre-bunking strategy preemptively exposes people to tropes at the root of malicious propaganda so they can better identify online falsehoods regardless of subject matter. Researchers behind the inoculation science project, inoculation science, that's what they're calling this. It has nothing to do with inoculation. It's clearly not science, but they're just Patriot Act. Why not? You know, inoculation science project, compare it to a vaccine by giving people a quote, micro dose of misinformation in advance even though that's not what's happening, because what they're telling you is they're showing you techniques, not information. But I guess they just don't care. The analogy doesn't, it falls flat when you understand. Their next paragraph makes that clear. Anyway, a microdose of techniques, no misinformation in advance to help prevent them falling forward in the future. An idea based on what social psychologists call inoculation theory. Very weird to me. Google, YouTube's parent company, is already harnessing the findings. So apparently they've already been doing it to you and cataloging what you think and say and do and writing it down and doing well with it. Why don't we care about that stuff? At the end of August, Jigsaw will roll out a pre-bunking campaign, so now, across several platforms in Poland, Slovakia, Czech Republic, to get ahead of emerging disinformation relating to Ukraine refugees. So why do you think those three places are going to be spreading misinformation? I mean, ask you could come, you could ask yourself. I'd be guessing. I'd have my opinions about it. But why not everywhere? If you're worried about it, or isn't everywhere talking about that topic? I think it's because these are places that are focused on under. Here's a here's an exact point. Poland, as I've made clear, long before this whole thing started, but you know, post post U.S. engagement in Ukraine and regime change, there's been an absolutely skyrocketing human trafficking uh, uh, network. That has gone from Ukraine to Poland specifically, but elsewhere. And they they wrote about this. The Atlantic Council did an article about this. I believe it was the Atlantic Council talking about this massive problem, which included the Ukrainian government that was backed by the U.S. government. The point is that that only got worse during this war. So maybe it's because they want to, those people have an insight into something they may not want you to see. This is not just a thought, but end of the day, is they're already trying to put these things out to stop you from like, if you hear anything about what these people are, they're wrong. (laughs) Well, that's information. That's not techniques. That's what this will actually be. If they come out and just say that they, you know, I mean, how else would this work for them? That's my opinion. But mark my words, it's going to come out where these videos are going to be saying specifically countering narratives, not just giving you like, here's how you straw man something or scapegoat something, because that's exactly what they want you to not understand, because that's their go to. They just simply being whatever authority we're talking about in the moment. But check this video out right here. Scapegoating here. I'm just going to open it up in a new window. So it's only one minute and 41 seconds. I'm just going to play it right here. It seems loud enough. If this ad fails to get enough views, I, your humble voiceover artist, will be fired. 
and it'll be because of adskippers like you. <gasps> How could you? How am I going to pay for Kujo's next pedicure? <laughs> Sorry. What I did to you there was take a complex problem, like how hard it is to get people to view ads, and singled out a specific group such as adskippers as being entirely responsible. This is a common tactic called scapegoating. Wikipedia says it comes from the Bible. Of a pair of goats, horribly carrying with it people's sins. Alien invasion. Some people might be tempted to use scapegoating to avoid being held responsible. But it's unlikely there's an alien carrying with it people's transgressions and sins. Imagine there's an alien invasion. Some people might be tempted to use scapegoating to avoid being held responsible. But it's unlikely that a single individual, group, or goat... <laughs> He's solely to blame. What does that even mean? To blame for an alien invasion? Like, I thought about that when I was watching this first. Like, what is that? What kind of an argument is that? So if there's an alien invasion, we might scapegoat to argue we're not responsible for what? Like, what's the... I, that's a terribly made video. I argue it's because they're trying to be as opaque as possible. Because even the smallest, and you'll see next, indication of what this really is everybody's going to go, oh, that's what you guys do. That's what you do every day. That's what you do. Oh, bad guy China, bad guy Russia, right? When these governments are rife with their own problems, to argue that the entire conversation, let's say, I don't know, the energy crisis or, or anything else happening today is because Putin, that's exactly what they're talking about right here. Here's an example of scapegoating from South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. The children of South Park have started swearing prodigiously in desperate need of someone or something to blame, the town's parent-teacher association finds a scapegoat. <laughs> Times have changed! Our kids are getting worse! They won't obey their parents, they just want a fart and curse! Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No! Blame Now, we've all seen this. And guess, this is the, the benefits of not having to be shackled by youtube and everybody else because there's a copyright strike for you right there regardless of fair use which should allow it which they don't care about but the point is what this video is even making fun of is them not you south park is not making fun of the average person they're making fun of how dumb and manipulatable the masses can be but because of the government the government going canada did it and of course in this case it's a local small government or administration but the bottom line is that's what they're making fun of the government and how dumb it is to just argue it's Canada's fault that these people are cussing. And that's and they make it a point in the video to make it completely, un, you know, of course, you if you know the video, it's because of the show that they watch and the kids that curse in that show, which comes from Canada. But the, the ridiculous part about this is just blame the entire country. And that is what they're doing with Ukraine or rather specifically Russia, what they're doing with China, what they're doing with anywhere they do this about. There's nuance to every story. Is it Venezuela's fault for the crisis of the migration crisis? Well, no. In fact, it's not even remotely. But they just say blame Venezuela because they're there. Is it because of our, our destabilization efforts, our sanctions, because of our invasions, because of everything else? Nah, it's just because they're present because Venezuela's government is there. That's what they do. How embarrassing it is that they try to push this on you and even argue that what they're going to do is come out with little mini videos like this to get you ready for stopping what we're saying, apparently. I mean, I don't this I know that's not what this will ultimately amount to. This is going to be ways to pump out information countering what they don't want you to think about in the midst of an election. And how else can you look at that as manipulating election? I mean, that's what it is. So if someone tries to make a complicated problem look simple by placing blame on a single group, they're most likely trying to manipulate you. Yeah, you don't say. True. Labs. 
way to get them, guys. That's you. You're dumb. No, it's the government. And they're all doing that every single day, constantly. Right. It's always more nuanced than just bad guy Russia. And I think everybody everywhere knows that we just choose to go into these things because it works politically for us in these moments. And that's frustrating. I think that was it in here. But it, it continues because here's the same point on Google, which we are briefly mentioned. But just so we can see it, it's everywhere. Google is trying to pre-bunk or trying out pre-bunking to counter misinformation as if like here's what's funny. They just admitted they've been testing this and running this all over the place. Now they're acting like, we're going to try this out for the first time. This is how that looks when they present what they've already been doing to you as a new thing. That's how that works. Fe videos featuring cartoons, and that's how they play this, raised people's awareness about common misinformation tactics for a short time. That's this play on the word inoculation, like you need to keep doing it, because it apparently it only worked for a short time. You got to get your booster of your pre-bunking, right? <laughs> just so flat like it's so ridiculous how the clumsy they try to make that they just have to follow the narrative but it's everywhere now on the note of other censorship points google is clearly known for their free speech right guys google that's what they're all about right well it might interest you to know that google as this reads from disclose tv has not approved trump's truth social app yet meaning it's in pending stage the big tech giant alleges policy violations, and insufficient content moderation, a spokesperson told Axios. Well, wouldn't, doesn't that interest all of you out there that Truth Social is currently engaging with Google to approve and be on their apps and everything? Why does that make sense to anybody? Have we not learned our lessons and understand that the app store and the every other way that they connect like that is exactly how they control this going forward? Why would Truth Social even care what Google wants or thinks? Because it's about a business and it's not really, in my opinion, about truth or about free speech. Because Google is simply going, no, you apparently don't have enough content moderation. Now, what do you think Truth Social is going to do? I hope they go, well, then screw you and we're going to fight for free speech. I would love that. Something tells me that's not what's going to happen. Call me a pessimist. But I just get tired of us continuing to find these partisan outlets that continue to half-heartedly fight for you right up until it doesn't serve them anymore and we just keep getting fooled by this frustrates me but guys i see it coming i hope everybody else can hashtag fake resistance now on the note of truth social here's an interesting point kyle cheney points out and not that i'm you know there, I, I in general there's a lot of this circulating that people i'm sure are taking out of context and that's not my point here though it says Trump is spending his morning on Truth Social directly posting 4chan and Q messages. Now, that is, you could see him at least retweeting them. So even right there, it's sort of a mischaracterization of what's happening. But ultimately posting, as you can see, Q posts. Donald Trump reposting that. This one, uh, the message they're talking about. Now, all I'm pointing out here, oh, as it says, he's doing explicitly what he used to try to shade or use coded language for. And I don't know what that even, that, anyway, these people have an opinion already about anything. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. Trump has every right to share what he thinks is relevant or whatever, whether it's Q or anything else. But I find it very interesting that at a time when I know personally, come to your own conclusions, look at the research we've done, that they are trying to set you up if you're a conservative. They being with a power structure right now. I very clearly see this playing out from Ukraine to here to the white, the lone shooter, white supremacist angle. Not to suggest those things don't exist, but just to recognize how clearly they're trying to basically say, if you're on this side of the paradigm, you are a problem. 
So there are they're the same point on any side of this right now. Today, you're the president of your party, not the entire country. And we've seen that for a while now. But if why would he then act in a way that completely steps in that direction? Q specifically, you get the idea like how do have we not learned what this actually is by now? I know I don't even know many Republicans that still take the bait for this Q psyop. But either way, it's suspicious to me that he would be doing that. It seems like I'm starting to think more and more that he's a part of this, not just a will a manipulated person involved. I'm still not sure. How could I possibly know? But how interesting is that? And this person says, so we're going to wait till he starts a civil war. Then we're going to arrest him. Now, again, could be a bot. Who knows these days? But ask yourself how crazy that is. Or ask yourself if, I mean, it's not right to say that, but these are, I know that these kind of people do exist. And this person is literally arguing that we should just arrest him with nothing. I mean, in his mind, of course, there's all sorts of crimes. It's like that guy confronted on the, the front street front when he said, okay, what crimes? And he goes, no, no, I'm done with the interview. <laughs> well, come on, man. You can't say there's all these provable crimes. And then when put to the question, not know what those are, that means you're a useful idiot. So the point is when this person's going, let's arrest him before he starts. Well, before there's a crime committed, you're not allowed to arrest somebody unless you're a tyrannical force, right? That's where we are today, though. Half these people want them to be arrested because they just don't like what they are. They already go along with the January 6th narrative, which there's no provable evidence that he actually made anything happen or forced it happen. And even then, what actually happened was not even remotely what they say it is. We are living in this massive manipulated world right now. It's always sort of been that way. But there's a lot of people out there that want to see you arrested because they think what you're doing is bad, not because you broke a law like me, for example, or anybody else in this field that are spreading dangerous misinformation, even though every day we're proven to be right. I just find that to be alarming. And that's what they're building, though. And, I, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping not, but it seems to be with Trump's efforts to allow them to continue to point to things like that. Very interesting to me. Finally, and I think this is Biden's part of it, if, if, we're, if my opinion about this being built is correct, here's what he just said. A lot, he said a lot of things in this, this little speech that you should listen to. But he said, for those brave right-wing Americans, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something more than a gun. Now I'm just going, come on, guys. Like, that seems like a willful effort to get them, I mean, a, a clumsy one. It's very blatant, a little too on the nose, but basically saying, st- you, like, goading them into more violent action. For those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about Keeping America, keeping America is independent and safe. If you want to, f- yeah, because that's not what anybody wants, right? <laughs> it's a kind of a weird way to put that. Right, right against the country, you need an F-15. You need a, something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. That's you. Now, this is something I've said before, and this is just common sense. I mean, we're st- we're dealing with governments that have nuclear weapons today, so it's kind of naive to think we can just, mar- you know, like this is why people talk about just marching nonviolently because otherwise you you march out with guns, they're just going to claim you're terrorists and and use superior force. Now, I'm not even are you I'm, you come to your own conclusions about what you think is the right direction. I'm not advising people on how they should ultimately be fighting back. I still stand on the idea that I do not think violence is the right direction. I always have. I think violence begets violence. But we're in a pretty weird position right now where people's lives are at risk. And it's very clear with every sort of action we could point at. But what he seems to be doing right there is goading people into more violent action. I just I don't know how you take that any other way. That seems pretty damn alarming to me. Now, to go forward on some other foreign policy points, I think this is important stuff to understand around the world. And 
please see that this stuff is the same in the same direction, regardless of what false party is in charge. This is a great new article from Robert Inlikesh. He just wrote uh, a new one. That, wait, this one was, yeah, that he wrote a new one today that just went out, just highlighting what actually happened here. But it says, Iraq heads towards chaos as Sadar supporters revolt. And this is Maktada al-Sadar. Now, this is, a, in my opinion, a completely U.S.-backed entity that is very much in line with what the U.S. government wants to happen here. And I think this is all about taking back control of these areas that they've lost to some degree. Don't forget how many times they've told them they should leave and the parliament will vote that the U.S. has to leave. And they go, we don't care, but we respect your sovereignty, which means not in cl- you can't say those two things at the same time, but they don't care. The gov- they don't respect anybody's sovereignty. But here's the point I wanted to show you. Read the article, please, to understand the situation. It's, it's an intense and, and complex situation. But I want you to think about how ridiculous it is that right now, and this is, what com- this is why I'm talking about this right after the Trump discussion. That's weird. That just went no items. Did I just get censored? <laughs> I just, I wonder. No, it's still there. But this is interesting because at a time when the U.S. government, specifically right now the Biden administration, is hyping this idea of violent. And by the way, if, oh, I'm, I'm going to play it, I think, in a minute. I will later in the show. But Klobuchar on Bill Maher calling it an armed insurrection. And nobody bats an eye about that. There was not a single gun on the side of anybody other than the police there, who was the only person that got sh- who shot somebody. There was not a gun there. It was not an armed anything, let alone insurrection. But how, how ridiculous it is that that's okay to say because they don't care about fake news in the direction of their narrative. My point, though, is that here's what this article talks about at a time when they're piping something that wasn't even close to that. Violent storming of buildings and all this stuff. But guess what the U.S. government, Biden's administration specifically, absolutely supports? a violent revolution against the current situation in Iraq. Isn't that hypocritical? Yes, it is. Very much so. As of now, the situation remains tense, Robert writes in the final paragraph, with most Iraqis fearing that armed clashes between Sadar loyalists and pro-Iranian groups could erupt at any moment. And by the way, to be clear, what we're talking about is groups that are simply ideologically aligned with Iran. And the idea that there are Iranian entities present in Iraq, if that was the case, is completely legitimate because they are allies, especially previous to the U.S. manipulation here. But on top of that, we they talk about groups like the PMU, Popular Mobilization Units, as if they are Iran, and they're not. They're simply, and even today, they're far less connected than they ever were before. I've proven this 10 times over. So all they do is argue that all oh, this is okay because Iran bad guy. Sort of how they just bought, uh, Israel just bombs Syria whenever it wants, and doesn't seem to be bombing anything Iran related and just says, well, Iran's present and therefore we don't care. And the rest of the world looks away, which is just absolutely ridiculous and criminal. But as he points out that they, these groups could erupt at any moment since the illegal invasion of 2003, the U S government has been telling the world that its mission has been to make Iraq a better place to live for all its citizens. Now quickly think about all the other places they've been saying that about and how those places are doing whether we're talking about Libya, Iraq, or Syria, or Afghanistan, or, you know, we can keep going. All of them absolutely decimated where they were before for freedom, though, right? It's better for the people of those countries? Absolutely not. So as I've said many times, even if you think they are trying to do the right thing, maybe we just take tell them to take a break. Maybe you stop trying to f- spread freedom, seeing as how you literally do the opposite every single time. Batting a thousand at not spreading freedom. But we let them keep going. The truth is that's not what they're doing. They're not even trying to. That's the narrative, guys. Since the illegal invasion, the U.S. government's been telling them that's what they want to do. It's now 2022. 
20 years later, almost 20 years, and the democracy, in quotes, that the U.S. created there is on the verge of causing a civil war. Not only this, but the leading Western think tanks and corporate news outlets seem to be in favor of a warlord, which is what he is, turned Iranian protege, turned anti-Iran political leader who wants to ignore the democratic institutions of his own country in the name of democracy and take it by force, which is what's, what's on the edge of happening right now. And they're okay with that. That's okay because it goes in the direction of what works for them. I hope you guys checked out the recent documentary we just reviewed with James Corbett. And we'll be doing the next one coming up soon. I feel like I already showed you on the show. Maybe I should have shown it today again. But the point is that documentary goes over some really interesting information of the history around how this works and how it's always the same thing. That it's all about going back to the British Empire and Iran before this happened, before Operation Ajax, and how what ultimately happened there in any of these countries, where it's all about what is whatever government, no matter how bad they are, as long as they're in line with their agenda, will be framed as democracy, and the other will be framed as the bad guy. It's been the same old thing. It's not unique to the United States government. That's what they do, and that's what they're doing right here in front of you, and it's just people apparently don't care because of politics. Well, in regard to Syria, as Sarah Abdallah points out, international rules-based order, huh? U.S. steals new batch of Syrian oil, which has been going on long for such a long time ago. I reported this right in the beginning of the occupation. New batch of Syrian oil, as Damascus reports, $107 billion in losses since 2011. And this is what it looks like to steal from the mouths of the people of this country. And this is very clearly shown. I mean, they are literal. And at the same time, in intentionally stopping any kind of reconstruction in Syria because they didn't get what they want which is a sod out of the way. So they're just going to stop them. So is that helping the people of Syria? No, that's, that's willfully giving the detriment. You're actively stopping their lives from returning to what was normal before you blew up everything because you didn't get what you want. And as they rob them of the thing that they need to survive. Yeah, that's about freedom, right? Rules-based order. I mean, even if you think that's right, where's the rules here? Where's the legal process? They're not doing anything legally. They're just quietly stealing this. And now people are paying attention. It's been happening for years. Well, what Stein points out, the U.S., and I just talked about this on, on AM Wake Up, U.S. preps sales of $1.1 billion arm package to Taiwan. Well, they'll keep turning down funding for your families in this country, even though they just, they're the ones responsible for why you're in that position, but they'll keep turning that down. They'll keep voting it down, both sides, by the way. But when they bring up any money for war, well, absolutely. A billion dollars for Taiwan? I mean, this is the ridiculous nature of this. Why, why they'll call Taiwan its own country, apparently, even though that's legally not true. And there's never been a legal process initiated for independence. There's never been any acknowledgement of that. They just decide they are because that's what they want, because they want to create either a conversation here or they want to poke China and get them to react. Not sure which way this is going. But at the end of the day, they don't respect the Donbass declaring freedom and, in fact, literally going through a legal process or Crimea declaring independence and voting for it and going through the process. They just lie and say it's something else. They're hypocrites. They don't care about the Taiwanese people. And not only that, they're sending ships to the strait. Why exactly? What's the point of this other than to provoke an action? It's exactly what it is. Now, my point here, as this senator says, communist China has made their priorities crystal clear. They want global domination. Like, are we already, it's that fast? Now we're just doing the same narrative for China? Show me where they said that. Even if they said that, why would we just believe them? Don't you say everything they say is a lie? Well, the point is nobody said that. They're crystal clear anything. Nothing is crystal clear. What they want you to think is that because of their actions, or rather not action with Taiwan, 
right? Like because of their you're because of them saying you can't do that and yet not yet taking action. That's their crystal clear priorities of global domination. I only see one government currently stomping around the world and destroying things and occupying territory personally. But this is the narrative, right? It's important we stand united with Taiwan and our freedom-loving partners around the globe. Right? Rules-based order, right? All the freedom-loving partners are all the ones that are okay with turning a blind eye to their corruption. That's what it is. But think about how dumb this is. As I said, for the Pepsi team, you know, the blue team, Russia wants global domination, and it starts with Ukraine. Well, that doesn't even remotely seem to be the case. Now, I'm not saying I know that for sure because I'm not stupid enough to say I know what Putin wants or thinks or has planned. I'm, not, I'm also not stupid enough to say I know what Xi Jinping wants, has planned, or thinks. That's stupid. Because how could they possibly know that? Is it possible they want global domination? Of course it is. But how about we take it based on actions? The only, there's only one group that's very clearly doing that right now. But for the Coke team, the red team, China wants global domination. This starts with Taiwan. They play you guys, and I don't know why we can't see that, while ignoring the U.S. government's visibly obvious domination efforts all around the world. Guys, they all want control. Russia, China, the United States, the UK, France, they all would love to be completely in control of everything. But this puppet show is embarrassing. Do you, and by the way, do you really think Senator Marsha even knows what she's talking about? Do you think she's informed and understands all the ins and outs of the break? No, she's basically being told something and returning it. That's what these people are. I still don't believe anybody in these positions, save for a few, have any idea what's actually going on. That's just my opinion based on the way that they conduct themselves. This is not even the real, like, the, the ruling factions of what are actually making decisions, guys. We need to start stepping out of this childish paradigm. But finally, in Ukraine, as Sarah Abdallah shares, NATO chief admits that NATO allies have been training and arming Ukraine since 2014. What a shock. Now, but to be clear, this is bigger than just the U.S. and the CIA, which they still dispute, even though it's on the record and we've shown you 100 times over. This is NATO. NATO and the NATO chief admits that their allies have been doing so. So he was aware through NATO. The bottom line, though, is it's obvious because we've already proven this to you. But it says something to remember whenever Western media refers to an unprovoked invasion. If you're dumping weapons and training into these, uh, these now admitted to be Nazi arms and hands, how can you call it unprovoked? I mean, this is just, it's so clumsy and embarrassing how this continues to go. And the only people that go along with this are people that want to buy a narrative for politics. But as I said, funny how the fake news and dangerous misinformation of yesterday that was discounted by the corporate media and censored by the social media platforms often becomes the admitted fact of today. Very strange how that works, right? Now, these two, as you can read for yourself, are the important articles in regard to this discussion. One of which is how far back this goes, not just Azov movement. The documents prove that the CIA has been cultivating fascism like they did with the Mujahideen in Afghanistan and plenty of other locations like in Syria with the moderate rebels have been cultivating fascism in Ukraine. And this is since 1948, even before it was called the CIA. It's called Operation Aerodynamic. It's from CIA.gov. You can look at it and prove it for yourself. It lists it exactly. Building this entity to be used against the Soviet Union, it carried on past then. Now, the point is not only just that, though, and, and this is specifically from 2014 forward. I did them kind of backwards. Ukraine government's been overrun with CIA grown extremists since 2014. Azov is just where it started. And this is in regard to specifically the movement going forward. But you can see the efforts going all the way back to 1948. Very important to see. And they're just admitting it. Happily telling you that, guys. It's crazy how it's fake news when we say it anywhere else, right? Finally, on foreign policy, at least. Libya. I just want to make sure we remember all this stuff, guys. Here's a new story. This is from two days ago, or three days ago, from, from CNN. 
at least 32 people dead following violent clashes between rival militias in Libyan capital of Tripoli. I just want us to remember almost 20 years or no, excuse me, almost over 10 years since they liberated this country, right? Liberated. It's all it's it is the moment this shifted. It has been nothing but chaos and and destabilization ever since with warring uh, uh, rival militias, warring clans and, and you know, uh, General Haftar. CIA stepping in, the U.S. government backing people against the United Nations. I mean, it's all over the place. The bottom line is when they tell you they're doing this for freedom and they destroy one of the most stable country. At this case, this was the most stable country in Africa at the time. Highest quality of life of any country in Africa. Free education, free health care. And do you remember the hype around Gaddafi? He was the he was the biggest boogie monster of all time at the point when they were pushing this, and that's what they always do. Same thing with Assad. Same thing with their and 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 all, as always, these are people they worked with before, like how Saddam Hussein became the biggest boogeyman in the in, in of all time, and he was previously one of their allies. Or Osama bin Laden, warrior of peace, according to the Washington Post, right up until he becomes the biggest boogeyman of all time. The point is, they lie to you guys, and Libya, as you know, continues just at least post their freedom actions were selling open slaves the very people they were supposed to be liberating has never recovered why do we keep letting this happen we all see it now one point on the utah investigation and the mormon church that Derek bros has been investigating just to add to this i believe this will be more coming your way for this i want to add this interesting post from an open secret fbi supervisory intelligence analyst has been arrested for child sex abuse what a shock Robert Alexander Smith, 65 years old, in Utah. What a, what, I mean, the idea that the FBI is very interesting to where we are today with a lot of different conversations. The investigation did interviews with five minor girls who said they were victims. Now, Derek Post down here, thanks for your work. Please check out, and I, I hope you will, his three-part investigation, and maybe more coming, entitled Justice Delayed, specifically into the Mormon Church. Now, I also included this link for you guys to check out. This is the first part. Uh, I, I plan to make a landing page for this series for the Utah County Sheriff's Office investigation. Clearly, there's something going on there. All right. And the point is that it's, it's even people in the authority figures or in the authority in the institution that are supposed to be investigating this. This is how this goes and how deep this actually goes. It's time we start paying attention to that. And it's not just this topic. It's everywhere. Now, to the main point of the show, I would argue today, and this is not just the authorization, but the important research around why this stuff is so alarming. But first of all, we should make sure we're clear on the reality that the FDA has just authorized, emergency authorized, Pfizer and Moderna to apply for a BA5 booster approval without key data. Without key data. I mean, this is just unbelievable to me. Oh, actually, and just so we're clear, this is 24th. This is as of... Today, FDA authorizes updated booster shots. That's what I was saying first. And they conflated them. That's what just happened as of today. They have now authorized, emergency authorized these shots when the emergency authorization is illegal. By very definition, in, in multiple ways, there are alternative uses, there are approved injections, and we're not in an emergency, even at their own admission. And yet we emergency authorize it. Do you know why? Because they have indemnity when that's the case. This is a criminal organization, guys. There's no way to watch this any other way right now. Now, this is before uh, August 24th. The FDA changed to vaccine authorization and FDA changed to vaccine authorization allowed Pfizer Moderna to apply for these boosters before they just got them authorized 
without data, without specifically key data that was needed to do this before. Now, why is that? Ask yourself what's happening here. Pfizer and Moderna filed for emergency use authorization with their Omicron boosters, rather just new vaccines that they're all calling boosters. But the point here is that that is, they apply for this, and this is supposed to be a process, right? Yet the government already bought them, multiple governments. They're already planning the rollout. They're already got inst- they already got deliveries ready, and they're just waiting for the authorization. How do they know it's going to happen? Because they already said it was going to happen. That's why. Because the government is driving the pol- the science and not the other way around. And science is in quotes. That's the reality here, guys. And there's, I mean, this happens every single time. The government's going, when they approve them tomorrow, we're going to do this. Okay, well, how do you know that? And this is even when we had people in the FDA resign in protest. And they did it anyway. We need to see how broken this all is. Unlike previous applications, again, this is before they just authorized it today. Unlike previous applications, Pfizer and Moderna's filings are missing one piece of information. Clinical trial data of the injections. My God, that's deliberate. In June, the FDA asked vaccine manufacturers to start developing BA4 and BA5 boosters for a fall vaccination campaign to help with the drug makers hit that to help the drug makers hit that fall deadline. The FDA said the companies did not need to include data from the clinical trial. Okay, so it's so it's about sales? Seriously? You can't argue that we're all in desperate need of this thing and we're all going to die. That's what their really kind of underlying point is, where we have to rush for safety. And that's my point from the very beginning. It's not safe to do something unsafe for safety. That doesn't make sense. You're rushing safety or rather not even doing safety trials in the interest of safety because, because their argument is we're all in so much danger that we have to do this. That means you don't even know what's going on and you're going to do something you don't know at all because of what you argue is dangerous. I mean, it's, this is so wildly unscientific. But that's what they're saying right there. To help them hit the deadline that was apparently picked by politics. So how do you not see that? The FDA is willfully allowing themselves to be set and guided by political discussion by the White House. So we're going to remove this effort because we want to make a deadline. What does that sound like? That sounds like a sales campaign. It's very, or rather just a marketing not campaign, but a marketing team, however you want to look at it. Quote, it's very similar to what we do with influenza strain changes, exactly what I keep trying to tell you guys, where there will be a couple of amino acid differences. Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a different vaccine technology and quite a bit different than a couple of amino acid changes. You guys are literally producing mRNA instructions that make different spike proteins or altered spike proteins that affect these things differently. That's what your own documentation read. I read it right on the show. So this is the way they conflate it. Well, we've got decades of vaccine technology. Yeah, different technology. That doesn't work. They don't conflate. But they just hope they're aiming at the lowest common denominator, hoping that you don't know better. This is what we do with influenza shots. No big deal. Dr. Peter Marks said, who who helps oversee vaccines for the FDA. We don't expect any differences in safety. Oh, great. So you're guessing then. That's my point. They keep guessing. Well, like I showed you in the recent st- the recent post, I think it's right here, actually. I'll go back to it. We're in that post. It literally shows you we didn't do toxicology. We didn't. Do, I wasn't toxo. Uh, I'll, I'll show you in a minute. There's multiple studies they didn't do because they say that it shouldn't be necessary. We we assume that it won't be it won't be a problem. Well, I don't feel good about that. We don't expect any differences in the safety. That doesn't sound very safe to me. That sounds like a guess and a hope that it won't. And when it happens in your body, they go, oh, well, okay, well, there's a problem. Now we'll let you keep taking it until we make the next one, which is what just happened. 
Pfizer's and Moderna's applications this week still include important information, such as data on how earlier Omicron boosters in development performed against previous strains, as well as preclinical data for the BA5 booster. None of this has to do with human trials or safety, and all of its, and the, the last sentence anyway, and the middle part about the previous strains is irrelevant. That's not the same thing, strain-wise, not the same injection. You are literally recreating the entire field and acting like it's the same thing because you want it to be. We're talking about something different in circulation, if it's even what we're dealing with, and something that has been altered. And you're, te- you're, you're just going, because of this earlier situation where nothing is the same, this safety makes sense today. So we won't even do it. And realize, these are the same people that have already been caught lying to you about data, caught pushing these things out, even against the interest of their team, hiding data from you still, and we're supposed to just act like this makes sense. Previous clinical trials of COVID vaccines took months to complete. Months, by the way, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Significantly faster than the years it takes to complete clinical trials for most drugs. Not just, I mean, that is an understatement, even years, guys. Months is dangerous. And now we're doing it in, in I mean, less than that. Pfizer, and without, without even the basic trials. Pfizer and Moderna's Omicron booster, rather a new injection, filings do not include the clinical trial data included in earlier vaccine applications. So they just have nothing there. Moderna said a clinical trial of its BA5 booster, again, BA5 booster. It's weird to me that the media keeps framing this as both when both of them tell you that they've aimed it towards the BA5. It's just this misinformation everywhere. But they say it's currently underway. Well, Pfizer said its trial is expected to start this month. So one, Moderna's looking at it right now. Pfizer's about to start it. And they're about to start giving it anyway. Why wouldn't we wait until the trials were done? You know why? Because they're telling you in this article right here that we need to get this out in your arms before the variant changes. Exactly what I keep trying to tell you, even though that's apparently already happening based on their narrative, to be clear. The FDA's new exemption is an effort to speed up the approval process, which they've already written articles on. Why would anybody want that? That's under under the argument that it's safe no matter what. So screw the process. Let's ramp it through. That's never been the case. And history has shown you why this is so dangerous. Speed up the approval process so updated COVID injections, which the implication there is that you're going to get more of them, guys. That's your future. Can keep pace with new variants, which are emerging so rapidly that they risk making boosters out of date by the time the jab has reached the market. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how they now say that now that they're moments away from pushing these out. That's what we kept telling you. But the problem here is to remember that what caused this to happen. They stopped a long time ago trying to push the idea that the unvaccinated were causing this, especially since now some of these places are like 99% injected or you know at least with at least one booster and the or at least shot and the point is that there's still variants exploding. There's no way you can hide the fact that this is the vaccinated and their leaky vaccine and their dangerous technology causing them to be the super spreaders that they are. And we all know that if you're being honest with the UK data, the Scotland data, the Alberta data, the Ontario data, all across the world, Saskatchewan, New South Wales, we've shown you all these different places that keep showing you the reality. They are the ones spreading it more than anybody. That's why they're trying to rush it out to get get ahead of the next thing. But even then, it's not about getting ahead of that because it's not going to stop these things. Gert Vandenbosch argues this is going to explode the problem. This is just about getting these things in people's arms the same way they were the first time. And there are already new variants of concern emerging. That's what they're telling you right now. Around the world, apparently BA4.6 and BA275 have managed to gain ground already, pushing out other strains. Okay, well, if they pushed out other strains, 
the way what they're not really saying right there, seeing as how they're telling you 99% of what's happening is BA5, that means already the BA4.6 and BA275 are pushing out the BA5 and 4. So why then are you giving somebody an injection or arguing that we have to get those eventually when these things are already on their way out? This is a game being played, and you'll see what it's leading to next. For now, it says a faster process, quote, will help us get ahead of things. No, it won't. They know that. And Marks to Reuters, and by the way, that's not even assuming that's even, the point is, guys, this could just be something that's completely disconnected from whether there's even something there. That's important to think about. There's no getting ahead of something if it's not even there. But some experts criticize the FDA's change, fearing the preclinical studies might not give a good indication of how effective a vaccine is in humans. Oh, you, th- you don't think? Come on. Seriously? The FDA, again, has experts that are going, well, guys, that's not safe. We don't know if it's, I mean, what's funny is they only mention effective. Yeah, that's what we care about, right? There's not, seeing as how there's no preclinical studies to find out whether it's safe. That's more important than whether it creates some kind of response that doesn't help you and hurts you with everything else that these things cause. Whether it's safe should be the number one concern, but isn't it telling that they just don't use that word? On Monday, Pfizer said that its booster would be available to ship immediately, meaning they've already made them, which means they already have expiration dates. Why would they do that if they didn't know today was going to happen? Think about that. Moderna said on Tuesday that it expects to have boosters ready by September. What's funny, though, Pfizer said its booster will be available to ship immediately once the FDA approves it. They're not even a filing for approval, guys. This is fortune.com, either too dumb to know what they're talking about or willfully deceiving you on what's actually happening. But health experts recommend that those eligible for a second booster should get one now. Right. So they just spent this whole article telling you why these things don't work anymore, why you need to get the new one, and then go, but go get those first two anyway. Well, that's what they're making you do no matter what, if you haven't gotten any. None of this makes sense. And this is clearly off the rails when it comes to science, facts, safety, everything. But it doesn't matter, though, because today they authorized it anyway. And I said, what a shock. Guess the mRNA companies and the White House just got lucky. The timing of the authorization just so happened to perfectly align with all the actions they took under the assumption this would happen now, right? (laughs) Politics driving science. That's what this really is. Now, Ontario is to offer COVID-19 booster shots appointments to kids 5 to 11 starting Thursday. My question to this, simply just a question, August 31st came out today, is now that they've authorized this new one and the UK is already done, they're all already ready for this new omicron focused shot when they say they're going to offer booster shots to kids are they going to include that one i mean look just to be clear they're conflating this simple idea everywhere you talk about it as just another booster a ba5 booster right well how do we know the difference are they going to start giving the new one without telling you are they going to argue that is the booster since you already got the two ones and not tell you you're taking a new shot that hasn't been safety tested I doubt that'll even happen. I don't know for sure. You should ask the question because I've seen this kind of stuff happen so far. It's dangerous. Giving it to children before it's even authorized for children, which, by the way, is unsafe for everybody, in my opinion. But even that means they don't even care what the science says. They've already decided this is the right thing. Now, I want to make a quick point about this in regard to the information and how, like, my argument here is to make sure people see especially at a time when we've never been under more attack from the corporate media, from social media platforms, everything, cutting away our revenue streams, that there's something to be said for how if you watch this show, and you guys know this, you're ahead of the game in a lot of ways. You have been, I should say. I can't predict the future. but that, And it's not just me. There's plenty of other great outlets out there that are doing the same work. 
lot of unsung heroes out there that are the first ones on the trenches breaking this stuff out. And then they get kind of plucked away by some of these larger people that act like they're the only ones talking about it. That's how this world works, though. That's just the world way of the world. What I want to point out, though, is that you guys know this. If you are supporting this platform and you are regular viewers of this channel, You've been ahead of a lot of stories, not because I'm super prescient or I'm psychic, but because we're on the pulse and we're constantly digging through this stuff. And a lot of you guys are the reason as well, because you reach out and you show me things that I wouldn't have otherwise found like this one. I actually forget who put, who tagged me in this. Thank you for all your work. Everyone does that. But Tracy 2017 posted this on the 29th and she's since had to delete it, which is hilarious to me. That's usually because it's a smaller, uh, I shouldn't say it's small. Let's see. I was going to say it's a smaller account. I'll just do this so it's faster. Oh, and she is suspended. That's why. So never mind. So that's ridiculous. Okay. So this account posts this and is completely accurate. In my, in my opinion, it seems to have broke the story on Twitter and then they delete it. You know why? Because it was getting a lot of, ta of traction. And that's usually how that goes. They don't like it when people get traction. But she says, oh, would you look at this? UK government quietly removes approval for use of COVID vaccine pregnant breastfeeding women. Right. Or rather just removes the, the post or, or rather posts in there that it says that. But this is, they, they basically added that you it's it's dangerous for pregnant women or they don't know if it's safe. This is after them forced or you know telling them it is safe for two years straight. So thank you for Tracy for getting this at my attention. We did an article about this or a show on the 29th, 2022. Now, this is only essentially one day ahead, but I want to make a few points here. We just know you, this was a big discussion and now we're seeing this discussed a lot of places. Even Fry pointing out, which by the way, he's doing a great work. I actually love to get him on the show. Can anyone attempt to make sense of these two seemingly mutual exclusive conclusions issued at the same time? Now, what's interesting is this one does go back to April 13th. He makes a great find right there because we're, we're showing you the, the current iteration, which is updated August 16th of that same page, which is also important to realize that it's not old, that they've already updated it, and they still in that documentation say that it's unsafe. I'll show you in a moment. But I, I followed up with the important addition to this, though. The thing that I've been showing you guys for a long time, which was the most important part of this, is that Pfizer documentation has made it clear since the doc came out. And it's, already, it's been updated as of February 2022, but it came out a while ago, since the beginning, that they have never known if it was safe. I just reviewed this again on my show from the 29th. That's this document where it says right here, as of February 2022, as you guys have all seen, the safety profile of the vaccine is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. How can we be the only ones that see this? Like, we've been belting this out and screaming about this for this whole time, but apparently even other people on Twitter, anybody else hasn't seen this until this kind of broke through. So my point again is that if you watch this show, you've known this for a year or more. That's important not to say pat myself on the back, which I'll take the credit for seeing this or talking about it because we should. But the point is that if you support this platform, that's why, because we are ahead of these stories in a lot of ways. And that's important to understand. Now, the point here is that there's a lot of other information around this to see. Now, here's talk TV as well. There's a concern that officials advice given in pregnant breastfeeding women about the COVID jab contradict each other. You know, it's just frustrating that these things are only just now breaking through, even though a lot of us have been banging away at this exact point for a long time, but I'm glad that it's reaching out, but people are talking about it and still like debating if it's happening. And here's another one. Did, why did the NHS Java, uh, Javid, I hate his name, recommend pregnant women take the shot, even though it doesn't seem to see what it says, right? Here's the point. April 11th, COVID vaccine is strongly recommended for pregnant breastfeeding women. And that's as of April 11th. This is the most updated version they have on their website. And right now on this, a different page, updated August 16th, it says the contradiction of that. And you can watch my other show about this. It's right here. 
it's considered that sufficient reassurance of the safe use of the injection in pregnant women cannot be provided. Women who are breastfeeding should not be vaccinated. So you go, okay, wait a minute. It says right there that they should be, right? This is the problem when you lie about everything. As I keep showing you, they're caught. They're caught lying. Now, the point is that you couldn't know the science. It's not the science is evolving and they're changing and updating their data. No, again, my point is it's always been that case. It's always been there and it's always been clear that they knew it wasn't safe. They just told you that it was. And a lot of places are still doing so in the UK, even though it says the opposite, right? Here's another example. The mRNA conversation, which a lot of people pointed out. Recent, but I've recently seen it surface a lot on the internet talking about this. Look at this. How do you explain this? They deleted this part. And I just pointed out that since the CDC quietly removing the mRNA spike protein section from its site is circulating social media a lot today, it's worth pointing out that you'd have known about this on the 14th if you were a regular view of The Last American Vagabond and Daily Wrap-Up, right? Now, you can make this about just credit for me. That's not what it's really about. It's about showing you the value in what we're doing. And it's, it's not just me. Again, it's all of the community. It's all of you sharing the information, right? That's really the point. It's the, the uh, open source investigation because most of this stuff tends to come from people like you tagging the stuff for me to show me that it's happening. But you would have known about it on the 14th, middle of the month, even though it's just now kind of breaking through in the social media discussion. That's why it's important to support these platforms. Not just us, support the conscious resistance, support anybody out there also doing the same thing. Right, here's another example. Daily Mail puts out an article i think it was today or yesterday uh oh actually it's an old one in any case <laughs> that's weird i could have oh you know what it was somebody posted it and there was two articles and the other one was the current one this one was a supplementary article so in any case did flawed pcr test convince us covid was worse than it really was and my point was simply that daily mail is asking two years too late which is always what corporate media does right and just to play it again since it's important here's why the pcr test being used to deceive you is one of the most important parts of how this illusion was presented, whether it's, you know, a COVID is there or not. Faith in quick tests leads to epidemic that wasn't in January 22nd, 2007. Nearly everyone involved thought the medical center had had a whooping cough outbreak. Nearly 1,000 healthcare workers in, in New Hampshire were given a test. Results were in. 142 people, including the doctor herself, were told that they appeared to have whooping cough. Thousands were given antibiotics, a vaccine for protection. Hospital beds were taken out of commission, including some of the intensive care. Sound familiar? The whole thing was a false alarm. Not a single case of whooping cough was confirmed with the definitive test. They placed too much faith in a quick, highly sensitive molecular test that led them astray. At Dartmouth, the decision was to, was to use a test PCR, even with the acronym, because it was so early for polymerase chain reaction. And it led to the epidemic that wasn't. Now, I recommend you actually check out some of my previous shows on that to go more in depth about how that happened, or even just read through that article entirely. That's just a quick truncated version that Star made that's important because it shows you that this has been there before. They've known this. And the argument of those doctors was, if we're not careful, this will happen again. And they were right. I argue it was on purpose, though. It was used because of that finding. That's my opinion. But how do you not recognize that as a possibility when it's been there? So incredibly important. And we've been ringing that bell from the very beginning. Not because it's, I mean, I'm not taking credit. People like Gary Moore, people like others in the independent media that have been hacking this story and breaking this stuff down. There's a lot of us out there. Here's another example. Now this one, this is something, this is actually a really good video clip. We've interviewed him before, but what's interesting about this is the, collapsing athletes conversation or rather just collapsing people suddenly dying people 
what's interesting is that this this it's a weirdly kind of partisan discussion from the right to make this about doctors collapsing. I don't know where that came from. I, like I said before, it's certainly relevant. And I think it was in Ontario that had this large grouping of people and many in the same hospital. But it's all over the place. Look at children. Look at athletes. And, and there are many stuff. There's no study to find out how many doctors collapse of cardiac arrest in one year, right? There's multiple studies about athletes doing so. And you can prove whether the vaccine is the problem or not, that there are more athletes collapsing right now from cardiac arrest than we've ever seen before in history. Exponentially more than we've ever seen in a year. Right now, even in 2022. And nobody wants to talk about it. Why? Because it's obvious what's happening, in my opinion. And we're seeing this everywhere with children, with stars collapsing on stage. It's everywhere. So it's a good question in his response, but it's weird that it's framed the beginning as just about the doctors. That's kind of, I, you know, I just, I question these things about whether there's a partisan effort there to kind of stagnate the story, but good clip anyway. Listen to his point. It's obviously tragic that these doctors are dying, but I would paint a much bigger picture. Um, they happen to be doctors, um, but they are the canary in the coal mine. We're focusing on them because of a demographic that's easily identified. If you were, if you were to then um, uh, calculate the number of Canadians who are dying in a similar circumstance, that number would be very scary indeed. And it, it, that kind of number corresponds to what we're hearing, of course, with the, the new commonest cause of death, at least in Alberta, which is described as SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. Uh, it's it's like a takeoff on SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, which has a different different cause. See, now I have an issue with that. Well, first, first of all, the canary in the coal mine is far. The doctor, I mean, I don't. It's odd to me that the I think the collapsing athlete story was branded as conspiracy theory, and even people like this tend to kind of fall for that. Like they try not to avoid the ones that are being called out for conspiracy. It's obvious though. It's the that's the canole, can, the uh, canary in the coal mine. Beyond doubt, it's obvious that's very clearly we have the science from NIH, from FIFA, from everywhere else that shows you how just how far over the top this is. But it's weird it's not being focused on. But just to be clear, SADS, sudden adult death syndrome, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, both of which are the same. They don't know. And by the way, he does he, the way he, his next point, it seems as if he that's what he says. So maybe that was a, just misspoke. But the truth is, and it was very clearly and easy to look up. Neither of them are shown. That it's a catch-all for unexplained death, and it's right in the discussion. But what's weird, though, and this is even in his discussions, it's being used as a diagnosis, which then gets discussed as if they got SIDS or SADS. That's not a diagnosis. It's a lack. It's an absence of a diagnosis, and that's exactly the point. It's skyrocketed. What do you know? Unexplained death is the leading cause of death. It's the same point. We all seem to know what's actually happening. But... um Sudden adult death syndrome, of which these physicians are probably examples of, is now the commonest cause of death, at least in Alberta, where I live. That means more people are dying unexpectedly with no cause than are dying from strokes and heart attacks and diabetes, for example. Now, that's an important point, again, that I keep making. If it was lack of treatment, for cancer, for all these different things, right? There would that would be the diagnosis. They would have an exacerbated cancer that got out of control. So they can't. They keep trying to argue that the unexplained death is due to the lockdown, 
And it's a clumsy, half-hearted effort because the truth is that if it's unexplained, then that's not what's happening. These people have pre-existing conditions. They didn't get them treated, and that would be the cause. That would be what you would diagnose them for. These are, as he's pointing out, in many cases, things that show nothing, or the fact that they come in and they show an ex- a, a, a wildly, you know, rapid case of myocarditis that had th- there was nothing there beforehand. Right? All of this shows you that this is a massive cover-up of what's happening. There's no way to look at this any different. Nobody seems to care what's causing it, as long as you can say it's not the injection. It's never, ever happened before. When I was doing medical examiner autopsies 40 years ago, um, signing a death out as unknown cause was exquisitely rare. It virtually never happened. There was almost always a cause of death right. that could be identified at autopsy. And don't forget the Pittsburgh chief medical examiner said on the record early on that if there is no cause, and you know that an injection was previously given, that's usually a good indication that the vaccine was the culprit. You can't prove that. It's just point is that's deductive logic because the vaccine almost never has a, 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 a documentable cause. You can't see what it did. It just, you have a sudden death. And that's what they used to tell you. And that's his point. That's ultimately what the point is here. And they all know that. They just don't talk about it today. And now, of course, we're seeing this enormous number Um Largely, of course, because um, they've not been autopsied. Right. And that should be insisted upon. Right. And, and, and the point, though, is that they even then doing autopsies would still even then end up with no cause. But the point is that in some cases you would like you would find the myocarditis kind of situation. That just seems like a willful effort to not find out. Now, ask yourself how in the world they can claim that they are checking and verifying all the various reports if they're not even doing autopsies. I mean, this whole thing is blown up in their face. They can't get away with how blatantly they've lied to us about a thousand different ways, but they're just hoping that politics wins the day and that we get driven into some controlled situation where it doesn't matter that they broke the law. I mean, that's how I see it, guys. I don't see how you can miss the lies that are happening. But as we've pointed out many times before, this is just two of the later ones. This is November 8th, 2021. Children, athletes are collapsing and dying from sudden cardiac arrest at unprecedented levels. Right. Good science thing was breaking this down. There's a lot of us that have been screaming about these things. Then it kind of got quiet. And now it's being talked about again. That's my point. If you are a supporter of this platform, you were way ahead of this. And that's because we have been listening to you guys. We've been doing our research. We've been watching what's happening and giving you objective reporting on it. That's why it's worth supporting this platform. Here's another one from November 11th, 2021. The pandemic illusion and the ongoing cover up of collapsing athlete myocarditis, sudden cardiac arrest back in 2021. Here's just a kind of search for collapsing athletes in general, because we had a bunch of other shows on it. You can check for yourself. Here's Alex Berenson pointing out that no country used mRNA COVID shots earlier and more aggressively than Israel. Two years later, deaths from all causes have been higher every month in 2022 in Israel than any year since 2017. They are 15% above the 2017-2020 average. If this is mRNA success, I'd hate to see failure. It's a great point. Dr. Eli David points out Israel official total mortality numbers released. 2020 2020 was the year of once in a century pandemic with no vaccines available. But total mortality in 2021 and 2022 is dramatically higher. Explain that. What's killing people in mass? Climate change? Sure, I'm sure they'd happily take that. 
The problem, though, is that you can't claim it just was a carryover when all these injections were dramatic. I mean, 2022 should be the, the time of success if this is what's supposed to happen. It's not. We're hurting people. They can see it. They're hurting people, I should say. The data is all there. They're just hoping you stop paying attention. Now, here's a couple other interesting points of things that have shifted over the time. Like this one, this one's really embarrassing. And think about the fact that even Biden just said, oh, I've got multiple levels of Paxlovid. Well, that's what this is, Paxlovid. Guess what? Pfizer COVID pill showed no benefit in adults under 65. So basically everybody, right? Basically everybody. And in this case, over 65, you could argue is the most at risk from any real illness or respiratory problem. But they're giving this and pushing this on everybody. No benefit under 65. You know what clearly has a benefit based on peer-reviewed science across the board? Ivermectin. But no, take the Pfizer-mectin that doesn't have an effect for most anybody that has all sorts of problematic side effects. No, who cares, though? You'll get sick again in a week. But no, just take this one because that's the one we support politically. My God. Here's an interesting point about long COVID. This is uh, Sarah Liu pointing out there. There are so many things I want to say about this. And you can watch her video of her struggling. And these are so sad to watch. And people act like they're lying. I mean, it just makes me sick. But she says, I want to say about this horrific journey so far, but every time I think about it, I just well up because she's been diagnosed with since this process, FND, long COVID, chronic fatigue, PTSD, right? And the point is that these are, she's gotten diagnoses after this. The point is, how can you be called the, I guess my overarching point, if you can be diagnosed with long COVID and then it changes, the point is they have no idea what they're talking about. They're guessing because it's a comfortable thing to say, probably long COVID. Well, guess what? It's not even a diagnosable problem. You can't test for it. There's no evidence of it. It could be the vaccine. It could be anything else you're calling that. And the point is, even the science backs that up because science.org points out that nobody's decided what is actually causing it. There's only three leading theories and none of them have proven. Yet we suddenly have a conversation about how, how all these people have long COVID. That's a politics, guys. It's not proven. Trust the science, except for the things we like to say that we can't prove. It's ridiculous. But that's what's happening. People just get diagnosed with long COVID because it's easy. It's frustrating. They're abusing people. Now, there's another quick point that I think is interesting that we've been seeing the entire time. And don't forget that they told you this wouldn't happen again. Remember? Around 15,000 fake accounts set up for COVID relief fraud. In This is just Chicago. The point is, guys, that's everywhere. Because it's not really, it's, this is a fraudulent system, in my opinion, meant to funnel money to the people at the top. And ultimately, big corporations that take advantage of this acting like they're not big corporations. We've seen this over and over. It just happened again. It keeps happening. Even though they already knew it happened the first time and did it again. Why? Because that's what's supposed to happen. They'd always rather be incompetent than criminal in your eyes. Always. Now, here is Brett Weinstein making a point that I think we all need to really take to heart. There is no way, in my opinion, as I've said many times, with what we've seen, that this is not a criminal enterprise. We have to acknowledge by this point, with everything in front of us, that this was a willful deception from the top down. The other thing to say is if you look at what we actually do understand, what the evidence actually suggests about our COVID response, it is the inverse of the right response. The inverse is a very unlikely thing to settle upon unless complete corruption is the explanation, right? It is possible to get a random response through incompetence. It is not possible to get the inverse of a good response. Yeah, right. Simple point. Doesn't matter who said it, by the way. It's 
it's true, right? You have to look at the information and everything in front of you. It's impossible not to see a, a corruption guiding what happened, right? I mean, that's the point. Like, this is my point from the beginning. You take any example of one part of this, mass, lockdown, vaccine, every one of them. And as he points out, and I agree, if you, if we, if you now highlight what you think is the right response, they did exactly the opposite. So you could almost argue that they chose to do what would hurt you instead of what would help you. That's exactly what it does seem like, right? Masks that increase your infection, injections that reduce your, your immune system and increase your problems, lockdowns that cause you to have an increased problem to lower your immune system. I mean, every single one of them aim in the same direction. And by the way, the science was saying this before we ever got here. They just suppressed it all and shouted everybody down. That's the what keeps happening. For, uh, forgot, I'm jumping ahead just a touch there on the videos, but... The next part of this, I think, is the most important part of today. And I think I said that over here. And I, I, I thought this was next. This is, this is my opinion, the most important part. Now, first of all, it starts with the overlap of the NIH, the University of North Carolina, all of this. But we have to see a coordinated effort here. Now, we should be questioning the entire narrative of the lab origin and all this stuff because there's a weird focus on it. But un, and, and really, anyway, for that matter. But it's certainly possible. From the early discussions of this, whether this was something that was used and it got out of hand, certainly possible, or was and a deliberate release to be able to use for the pandemic and the biosecurity state, these are all certainly possible and have historical relevance. But what I'm going to point out here is one small further example of the kind of research that was being done that is obviously related to what we're seeing today in a very, very, very high level point about myocarditis, cardiac arrest, people collapsing around the world. And it just so happens that they did exactly that kind of research using coronaviruses. Here's Peter McCullough pointing out before we get to that point. Follow this story. U.S., NIH, University of North Carolina collaboration engineered the invasive and deadly spike protein. That's clear. Coordination with the U.S. government research and the University of North Carolina engineered the spike protein. Now, that right there is talking about Ralph Barrick in University of North Carolina. Then it says EcoHealth Alliance with Peter Daszak orchestrated lab work in Wuhan in the BSL-4 lab built by Bonsall now with Moderna. The virus harvested from bats and tested in rodents with humanized respiratory epithelial cells. Now, is that what ended up being what we're dealing with? Certainly possible. But the point is to see all the collaboration and to watch when you, you can outline how the research is exactly what we're dealing with today. And then you just have to ask the question, is that what happened? Was it a mistake? And so on. But the bottom line is, why isn't this being talked about or focused on by people that are supposed to be investigating? People that are actually are pretending like they're looking for the origin and so on. This is a discussion after NIH terminates Eagle Alliance grant after its Wuhan partners refuse to deliver information on the studies. Do you want to know why, in my opinion? Because the studies show you exactly what we're dealing with today. This is Gumby for Christ doing, continuing to do great research. Ralph Barrick's lab, this is where I saw it first, spent a considerable amount of time and money in the 80s and 90s researching how to induce heart disease with coronaviruses. I mean, I, this is just, just unbelievable. And here's the link, and I'll show you the pages myself. Okay, here is one of the, and these are the completed study work that they did. National American Heart Association grant in aid, coronavirus-induced myocarditis in rabbits. Now, you could argue, and this is what the argument will be, like the lie about vaccine research, that we're just trying to make dangerous things to be able to make an antidote for them. So if they ever happen organically, we'll be prepared. So for that one in a billion possibility, we want to, yeah, that's not real. And that's everybody knows that's a manipulation. You're making bioweapons. 
and you're making vaccines for the bioweapons. That's what happened. That's what anybody honest has been reporting for a long time. That's in fact what they used to say before they changed the narrative, right? The bottom line is this is offensive research. I mean, just to make it clear again, what are the odds of a random bad guy out there making something specifically like, so the idea is you're taking, let's just say smallpox or whatever else, or what is taking a coronavirus like the cold and changing it. So it's extra dangerous. Okay. Well, that could be changed in an endless amount of possible ways. Right? So the argument is that they're going to make just so happen to make the exact one in a billion change that the bad guy did and have a vaccine ready for it. So if that guy then, even after making it, has the opportunity to use it on a wide scale, that they'll just so happen to have the vaccine ready. And hopefully it doesn't expire by then. Like, guys, there's so many holes in that story. It's childishly dumb. But the argument here could be, well, because we know that coronaviruses have, you know, problem, influence the heart, that we're going to make this dangerous in this exact way so we can then see how it works, see how we can stop it, apparently. That just doesn't make sense to me. And the idea being that this is, and let's just even say you do buy that. Isn't it possible that that's exactly what then got out? What then was taken by bad guys and used? However you want to look at this, or used for the purpose of experimentation? Certainly. And you can see that Ralph Barrick is involved. July 1987 to June 1990. Here's the next one. Career Development Award for the National American Heart Association. Coronavirus-induced rabbit cardiomyopathy. Same point. Sim- different, slightly different issue, but the same point. This is from 94. There's Barrick's name. Here's another one. Coronavirus-induced myocarditis in rabbits. There's more research being done. Barrick. Here's the bottom one. Coronavirus-induced myocarditis and dilated my- cardiomyopathy. There's multiple studies ongoing for the very exact purpose of using coronaviruses to cause myocarditis. And what do you know? We've got this massive explosion of Spike protein caused myocarditis in these injections. It seems almost as if they just took the thing they did and they're just giving it to people in the world today. It's just, I'm not saying I'm proving that, but how do you not ask these questions when this is so very obvious? When this is, by definition, gain-of-function research. And by the way, it's being done at a time when it was questionable. And even after that, when they made it technically not allowed anymore, they still kept doing this. They outsourced things around the world and then anyways kept doing it in the United States. Now, here is under the notes at the bottom, under Barrick's name, 1992, an experimental model for dilated cardiomyopathy following rabbit coronavirus infection, a model for virus-induced myocarditis and congestive heart failure in rabbits, a model for virus-induced myocarditis. So you're, you're literally making framework for how to take a virus and induce myocarditis. Why would you do that unless you're making a weapon? I think we know what we're looking at here, guys. Now, I'm not saying we know for sure that this is what is deal- we're dealing with today, but you, there is some connection here. They should have to explain why this makes sense and not just say that we were just guessing into the wind and got lucky and made the thing that we're now... And by the way, even if that is the case, what, what did this research produce that now helped us fight this off? Apparently nothing, seeing as how it's going through everyone. So either this was meant to protect us and you aren't using it, or it didn't produce anything, and it was really just... I mean, however you look at this, it's not what they argue. Because if they had some solution here, it's either not being used or it didn't happen. Because it's not... The point is, this is weapons research. That's what this is. Now, here's the site, USRTK, US Right to Know, pointing out lots of documentation from EcoHealth Alliance. This is posted on August 12th. F- FOIA request documents on origins of COVID-19, gain-of-function research, and biolabs. There's a lot in here. NIH discussions. But the point I want to focus on 
the Ralph Barrick emails. You can read these all for yourself. There's a couple points I wanted to highlight. Here's one of their articles. New emails show scientists deliberations on how to discuss SARS-CoV-2 origins. Well, it says the emails of coronavirus expert Professor Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina obtained through a public records request by U.S. Right to Know show conversations between the National Academy of Sciences, NAS representatives, and experts in biosecurity and infectious diseases from the U.S. universities and EcoHealth Alliance. Says in his response, Barrick aimed at conveying a scientific basis for SARS-CoV-2 natural origin. SARS-CoV-2's natural origin. Quote, I do think we need to say that the closest relative to this virus, 96%, was identified from bats circulating in a cave in Yuan, China. This makes a strong statement for animal origin. So that's them stating the narrative. This is why the bat origin was always a manipulation, in my opinion, because that's what they drove it to and set that narrative. I think this is a lie, personally. The Barrick emails also show an NAS representative suggesting to U.S. scientists they should, quote, probably avoid questions about SARS-CoV-2's origin in bilateral meetings they were planning with Chinese COVID-19 experts. Now, why would that be? The emails in May and June 2020 discussed plans for the meetings participating American scientists, many of whom are members of the NAS, Standing Committee on Emerging and Infectious Diseases and 21st Century Health Threats, including Ralph Barrick, Peter Daszak, David Franz, James DeLuke, Stanley Perlman, David Rellman, Linda Saif, and Pyong Shi. Next point. Emails show scientists discussing make masking their involvement in Key Journal letter on COVID origins. Now, we all saw this come out. The Lancet and everyone saw The point was, they're the ones that drove that forward. This seems pretty clear as a coordinated effort to hide or at least force this narrative to be the first talking point. The two scientists, Dazak, wrote, to the wrote to about the need to make the paper appear independent of EcoHealth Alliance are coronavirus experts Ralph Barrick and Linda Wang. So they made sure that, look, we can't be associated with this. Now, why would that be? In the emails, Barrick agreed with Dazek's suggestion not to sign the Lancet statement, writing, quote, otherwise it looks self-serving and we lose impact. Well, the truth shouldn't really need impact, should it? The truth is the truth. This is about them trying to impact people's direction and alter the discussion. Now, what's interesting to me is that ultimately they ended up allowing this comment. Maybe it's because they came out hot against it in the corporate media and then realized they weren't supposed to and then changed the narrative on a dime with no other reasoning and just said, now we could talk about it. Interesting, isn't it? In any case, I think it's pretty damn obvious that this is a very important point. Coronavirus-induced myocarditis. Now, hopefully we can get this out and not have to wait six months before some other squeaks into the higher-ups conversation. This should be now. We should right now get this everywhere in front of everybody and make sure we talk about this now. But my guess will be this will be pointed out on Twitter by a couple of higher-ups, then it will find its way into the bigger conversations, and hopefully it won't be too late by then. But here is the point of what it's causing now. Vinjay Prasad points out that it is now undeniable. Vaccines can cause more myocarditis in men under 40 than COVID-19. Now, that's, of course, under the assumption that that's what's happening. I tend to argue that the study peer-reviewed, and plenty of others point out, post-COVID-19 infection was not associated with either pericarditis or myocarditis. We did not observe an increased incidence of either of them in adult patients recovering from COVID-19. So, point is that its vaccines are causing myocarditis a lot, and peer-reviewed science suggests that COVID-19, if that's even what we're talking about, is not at all. Either way, yes, the vaccines are a clear problem here. As he says, I have said repeatedly, Moderna should be banned. I don't think it's just Moderna personally, but what you can see is a huge spike of the problem. 
Here is Peter, Dr. Peter McCullough pointing out myocarditis following COVID vaccination, cardiac imaging finding in 118 studies. Now, this is a large series, UCLA, of myocarditis, usually after the second or third one in young boys, 94%, hospitalized, 91% positive MRIs. The figure shows 15-year-old boy with large area of heart damage. Long-term prognosis is unknown in these persons with unjustified vaccine heart damage. Remember the clip from the beginning of Fauci admitting that we don't know. Sometimes 12 years later, you have these problems. So why, if that's the case, why are they so quick to shout this down? Because it's very clear they see what's happening and are trying to hide from it. I don't know how else you could argue that. But here's the clip we've already played for you, right? This, this clip's important. This clip is about the doctor discussing this with Malone in regard to the high level of athletes being shown to have this problem. So Kirk, you're probably the most uh, qualified physician scientist I've encountered for talking about pediatric uh, damage to the heart associated with both the virus and the vaccine. Um, In your opinion, if we have the mandates deployed in the state of California that Governor Newsom has signed into law, are we going to see significant numbers of death in, in damaged hearts in California? From the vaccines? Well, I, I, th- well I, I think depending on how many people they get to take it, um, yeah, I think the number is just a numbers game. I think as you look around the world, we're getting down to a number of somewhere between one and 3,000, one and 6,000. If we allow those kids to stay active and play, I think there's a lot of myocarditis that is under the radar. A recent study on uh, elite athletes out of the Big Ten showed that when they looked at the, the cardiac MRI of the elite athletes, almost 50% had, or around 50% had um, myocarditis that couldn't be, wasn't known by symptoms, um, but was seen on cardiac MRI. And that puts them at risk for sudden death. Uh, so I, I think that it, as we ramp this up for really um, to try to get everyone like the mandate in California to get, you have to have a vaccine in order to go to school. Then I think by what we see around the world, then the numbers of myocarditis cases will go up. And we may, we may have an increase in sudden cardiac death associated with myocarditis just in kids playing on the field. Oh, uh, that's my fault, guys. Sorry about that. How did I do that? Anyway, so the point is to try to go back again. Uh, so the point, and that's right. So the guy, so basically what he's saying there, guys, is not that the 50% of every athlete there has it. 
but it's not too far from that when you think when you break one of what he's saying because what i was laughing about is that this this guy's a highly regarded expert and yet the twitterverse knows better right they oh no he got the site study wrong here's what i here's what cdc said or here's what this ap article told me it's it's pretty funny but what's what's important about this to give, to make it clear about what he's saying is that ultimately that the 50% of people that have had that test to be clear that most people in this field do get those tests reasonably often because yes there is an underlying problem here but that's what I point I keep making I cite those very studies to show you with that underlying problem and the study of it that we're exponentially higher in how many people are dealing with this than ever before in history that's the main point so yes, there is an issue, and that's why most of them tend to get these kind of tests. So his point is, of the ones that have had that test, which is most of them, he's finding 50% of them have examples of myocarditis that aren't showing. So when something gets to that certain level, then yes, there will be a problem, potentially sudden death. That's hugely important. And by the way, observationally, it's obviously a problem right now. Now, you can argue some of them are from other things, certainly possible. But the end of the day is you are at a number that is higher than like five, six times what they ever said was possible in one year. You don't have to argue it's the vaccine, but you damn well better be interested in finding out why it's happening. And then you have to consider it as a culprit, seeing as how it's one of the only big changes we've seen in this time frame. But nope, they're not going to do that because it's fake news because they said so. The reality, though, is that it's all over the place. And we've shown you, here's a couple new studies on top of the one I just showed you before that shows you exactly this point. This is August 19th. Vascular and organ damage induced by mRNA vaccines. Irrefutable proof of causality. Read the whole thing for yourself. Very important. Doctors for COVID ethics continuing to show you the reality. This article summarizes evidence from experimental studies and from autopsies of patients deceased after vaccination. The collective findings demonstrate that mRNA vaccines don't stay in the injection site by instead travel throughout the body and accumulate in various organs, which you should know. We've shown you that also from the very beginning, based on Pfizer's own documentation, showing the lipid nanoparticles throughout the body. And we also have the study showing you that 11 out of 13 people within one hour showed the spike protein circulating in their bloodstream. We've shown you all these peer-reviewed studies. But this is still important. They did the study to collect all that information. But just to be clear, it's not just them saying it. There's plenty of evidence out there. And you wouldn't, you'd know this if you support this show. mRNA-based COVID vaccines induce long-lasting expression of the spike protein. Again, you, same point. You already know that. But this is a great study that I hope you'll share with people that need to see it all in one place. Vaccine-induced expression of the spike protein induces autoimmune-like inflammation. Very important. Systemic inflammation specifically is very problematic for the body, but specifically autoimmune-like inflammation is exactly what we're seeing, right? The idea that this is in, in multiple, in different ways, whether it's the, uh, auto, uh, the uh, autoimmune issue or the, like, as he described it as the reverse HIV problem, we could see this just affecting your immune system in multiple ways. And it's everywhere. Or lymphocytopenia, the suppression of your immune system. We've talked about all of this. And peer-reviewed science is showing exactly that. Not just this one, but plenty of others. And I don't think this is technically peer-reviewed, but in any case, other peer-reviewed studies have. Vaccine-induced inflammation can cause grave organ damage, especially in vessels, sometimes with deadly outcomes. This is just on top of the other studies we've already shown you. Now, here is another one from August 31st, from today. Serious adverse events of special interest following mRNA vaccination in randomized trials in adults. In randomized controlled trials, the gold standard. Yes, this is science direct. Yes, this is peer reviewed. One of the most highly regarded outlets in this regard in this field. Combined, the mRNA vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious adverse events of special interest of 12.5 per 10,000 vaccinated. Per 10,000. Special adverse events. We're talking about death. Hospital or not death, uh, permanent disability, or or um, what was the other thing? 
loss of a child in a pregnancy, I think, you know, the, the very high-level serious problems. 12.5 per 10,000 is so far from unacceptable, it is alarming. This is where, this is, I mean, it's everywhere, guys. They're running from this right now. That's wildly dangerous. The Pfizer trial exhibited a 36% higher risk of serious adverse events in the vaccine group compared to the control group. 36% higher. Combined, there was a 16% higher risk of serious adverse events that's combining both mRNA shots in mRNA vaccine recipients. Risk difference, 13.2. Risk ratio, 1.16. Discussion. The excess risk of serious adverse events found in our study points to the need for formal harm-benefit analysis. Yeah, you don't say. Particularly those that are stratified according to risk of serious COVID-19 outcomes. The point is, yeah, we should study this more. Maybe we should have done it before we forced everyone to take it. Just a thought. But here's the one we just showed you, just to keep it all in one spot. Innate immune suppression of SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccinations. Quick highlights, and please read this study, because it is damning. Highlights, mRNA vaccines promote sustained synthesis of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. It continues to promote this in your body. The spike protein is neurotoxic, and it impairs DNA repair mechanisms. Suppression of type 1 interferon responses results in an impaired innate immunity. It impairs your immune system. The mRNA vaccines potentially cause increased risk to infectious diseases and cancers. Increased risk of infection of diseases and cancers. Cordon optimization results in G-rich mRNA that has unpredictable complex effects. Ongoing. Peer-reviewed Science Direct. Trust the science, though, right? As we ignore anything we don't like. And we are endlessly seeing stuff like this that just breaks my heart. Now, we don't know for sure this is what caused it, because that's honest. But what we're seeing is an unbelievably high level of sudden unexpected illness. Actress model Charlie Charlie B. Dean dies at 32 from sudden unexpected illness. That's it. End of story, right? Another sad story down the line. Pun intended. All right, we're talking about putting people in a category where we don't know what happened and acting like that solves the problem. It's embarrassing how obvious this is. And just one more point to that regard. As we've shown you an endless amount of, pro- of examples of the excess mortality problem, U.S. life expectancy dropped for a second straight year in 2021, reflecting the continued onslaught of the coronavirus, says the Washington Post. Of course, right? So in the, in the year where the miracles are supposed to save everybody is when we had the lowest, the, the largest drop in life expectancy. I mean, here, how about this, guys? Realize that the average death, age of death for COVID is over the average uh, age of death in general. So you have, you, if you have COVID-19, apparently you're less risk of dying than your normal, di- your normal, like the average life expectancy is, is uh, lower than the age that you would expect to die from COVID, the average. But that was like 80 something compared to like 85. Okay, so considering that, how in the world are you arguing there's been a drop in life expectancy if the average person dying from COVID is longer than the average life expectancy in general? Well, you know the answer to that because the injection you're giving people is hurting them. Pretty simple. Otherwise, that wouldn't make much sense, would it? It's pretty damn obvious to see today. Now, to shift over into some other points before we go into the the, the energy crisis and all the rest of that, I wanted to briefly pivot back to this for a second because this kind of relates to the beginning topic, but I wanted to at least try to get to the important COVID stuff earlier as, po- as possible. But this is a, this is a really unnerving situation. Because of how, not just how obvious these points are, but because of how it's like being openly discussed now. That it's okay that we 
criminally acted to hide things because we we don't like Trump. I mean, it's just it's mind blowing. But it, by the way, it's the, your government from every possible side does like stuff like this all the time. So recognize that when you see this and don't try to this don't fall back into the trap of the one they want you to think is better today. But either way, no matter hopefully you can see that point. But regardless of that, this stuff is important, even from within the paradigm. Florida pair pled guilty in theft of Biden's daughter's diary. So that's what we care about, right? Now, even to her admission, as you can see in here, she says, I did something wrong. And but my, I'll just read through it really quickly. The problem is that what about the stuff that was said in the diary? What about the wildly damning accusations that were made, whether you want to pretend she was making stuff up in her diary or not? Isn't it worthy of investigation of the of the weird sexual manipulation of the things she claims happened in her house? And I mean, my God, that's more important than than a theft of a diary or less important, I should say, apparently to them especially at a time when we're likewise seeing all these explosion discussions of weird stuff around the Biden family in general, or specifically about child uh, sex abuse in Utah and Mormon church and all this stuff. Why it's important clearly, but not to the elitists. They never like to focus on this topic. That's very telling, but it says two Florida residents pleaded guilty in federal court on Manhattan on Thursday to stealing a diary and other belongings of president Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley Biden, and selling them to conservative group project Veritas in the final weeks of the 2020 election. They took part in a conspiracy to transport stolen materials in Florida. Yeah, don't you love how they they will pull that left? That it's a conspiracy. Except when you say anything else is a conspiracy, you're a tinfoil hat. You know, like it's just conspiracy happens. But the point to make this a conspiracy, like you can, how about they just took advantage of a situation and you know, like they act like they had some kind of like war room where they planned out how they were going to hype and take the diary and sell it. To, they want you to look at it like that. Of course, when you point out very real-world conspiratorial actions, like, I don't know, the lockstep agenda of COVID-19 across multiple governments initiating multiple plans at the exact same time, yeah, no conspiracy there. You're crazy. I think that's funny. But it says, prosecutors said Kurlander agreed as part of a plea deal, which I can't stand, to cooperate with the Justice Department's investigation into how the diary was acquired by Project Veritas. This is the problem with this this illusion of process most people are forced to plea out because they don't have the ability to fight back. So in a case where they might have a car, an, an ability to stop it, they, they get threatened with the word, you know, you get 30 years in prison or take one year right now and admit to being guilty. Even if you don't think you're guilty, most people are going to be like, dang it. Well, I don't want 30 years in prison. So you're going to take the deal and your, or your lawyers, they're usually the, the lawyer given to you by the system goes, do it, do it. That's what the best thing you're going to get. And the system breaks. And it frustrates me. But the point here is that they're pleading out. And so that means at the very point, at the, uh, the main point is you have to question whether she does think she's guilty because you are obligated when you sign the deal to go along with what you said. I sincerely apologize for my actions and know what I did was illegal. Now, at the very least, the point is she's saying that what she did was illegal, which is the stealing. Just to make that clear, she's saying I stole the diary in case that's in question for people. Now, my point again is all, you, you care more about going after an individual who stole a diary. Whether it's the president's diary or not doesn't really make it any more important, but it does to them, instead of what it says in that thing, which is crazy. Now, I'm not going to really dive through it because you can't really verify anything. It's a diary that somebody wrote down. But my God, if that's their focal point, it shows you what really matters to these people. And the same point can bleed over into this conversation about the Hunter Biden laptop, right? So take that same point and ask yourself why no one cares to ask what 
craziness went on inside that diary that we should ask questions about when they're admitting right here that it doesn't matter. We can lie because Trump bad guy. And don't for, don't think like the other side doesn't do the same thing, guys. But the point in this case is to highlight how they're admitting we suppressed a huge and real story because we don't like Trump. Our, this is the government system and is broken because this is happening everywhere. But take I'm going to I'll stop this a couple of times because there is some points I want to make about how ridiculous these people are, especially people like Reiner who act like they're informed because I watch both sides. <laughs> God, that's like I, I was like that when I was 13. Right. Oh, I, I watch the news. And so I know these are grown men that think they're informed because they watch both Fox and CNN or excuse me, MSNBC, as if both of them are completely manipulative. I mean, we all seem to know the, the media is manipulated. We just only pointed at the other side. Those people only point to the other side. You'll see what I mean. It's just embarrassing. So he's saying it's okay to have a conspiracy to get rid of somebody as bad as Trump. It's a little bit of a thorny question because once you go down this road, this is sort of where we are in this country. The other side is so evil, anything is justified in preventing them from taking office. Is it? Which, by the way, is an argument they made like pre-Trump's election. Right. They, they literally made the argument that we may have to. And, and how about the, How about the idea that in, in when Trump lost, uh, you know, based on what we're discussing today, it's all I don't think any of these elections are as, as real as we think they are. But the point is that after that happened. There's an entire article that comes out about how there was some secret cabal that essentially stopped it from happening. It's like, how, how is that acceptable? And yet you can't you you'll still to this day scream that Russia elected Trump, even though that's been shown to be not just false, but just blatantly cut from whole cloth. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. But it shows you that it, some, there's obvious manipulation happening. And I think they were trying to justify that the system is broken enough to where we have to reimagine it. That's kind of where mine goes in general today. But please think for yourselves. No, no. You know, what's not justified using armed violence to try to kill people in the capital. Oh, to try to kill people, right, with your hands, apparently, because they weren't armed, right? So they're under the impression, probably because they listened to MSNBC, that this was an armed insurrection. And how about you ask the question about when Bill Maher asks about the idea that they're willfully hiding true information because they just don't like Trump, and his argument is, yeah, because Trump bad. Right. So regardless of whether you think January 6th is the illusion you pretend it is, why is that the right response? Your response is to go, yes, because Trump did that. So you're admitting that it's okay. Yes, that's essentially what he just did. That it's okay that we're cheating and stealing and lying because he's that bad. We're in kindergarten, guys. If that's the kind of argument that these grown-ups are taking at face value, that they're the altruistic ones, and apparently everybody anywhere in that party is the same as them, which is also pretty stupid to think. Like, there's not vying opinions and agendas. I mean, my God, I truly believe that a lot of these stars and actors and even media pundits are the least informed of anybody out there because simply because they think they're the most informed that's not justified answer this question let me just let me just play that again just so you can hear what he asked and how he responded it's a little bit of a thorny question because once you go down this road this is sort of where we are in this country the other side is so evil anything is justified in preventing them from taking office is it no no you know what's not justified using armed violence to try to kill people in the Capitol. That's not justified. Answer this question. Huh? Is it, was it, answer this question. What is was the it question? appropriate, the question. God, he's so combative. I mean, look, look at that. What is the question? 
Well, he let him fucking say it. Like, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. Like, that's just, it's like, it's so obvious how tense they get when they feel like they're having to defend this position. Doesn't that show you something? I mean, I, I, it's completely subjective. It's my opinion. But ask yourself what you think that means. When you're so quick out of the gate to be pushing back, when you're, in a, you're supposed to be in unfriendly territory here, right? That's very, very telling. Justify. Answer this question. Huh? Is it, was it, answer this question. What is was the it question? Appropri- the question is, <laughs> was, was it appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that? He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? Of course. You no, don't but follow I mean, this. Saying you you gotta... know for a fact that that's what they did? I don't know what they did. I know, because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's not true. That's not true. Well, then you would know about this. I do know about that. Well, you're acting I do, like you I know. Do, I do know about that, and I do watch Fox, but... Ah, <laughs> you guys should have laugh at him right there. What What a jack... Like, uh, I watch Fox, too, so I know both sides. <laughs> like, how do you think that that is a real position? And by the way, guys, just again, just the comments and stuff like I hope we don't think and I hope we are out of the trap of thinking because we're pointing at these people. Therefore, we support them or that because we're making fun of one that we support the other. Come on, guys, we have to be past that already. Like, I'm simply it doesn't matter who said it. The point is what he said and discussing that. Right. I don't support Bill Maher. I don't support Ryan. I support any of these people because I think they're taking part in the illusion, even if they don't realize that. But what you have to acknowledge is that at very least, Bill Maher has been kind of weirdly poking them in their own way, whether he realizes that's part of it or not or whatever you think. You shouldn't trust any of these people. You shouldn't trust me. Question everything. Right. That's the bottom line. But nonetheless, the point is what they're actually saying there reveals something to you that Bill Maher is calling out the idea that they know that they suppress that. And they're pretending not to know that because they don't want to admit it out loud. Oh, you know that? We don't know. You do know because they've already reported this and it's undeniably obvious. And then there's even been discussions about why it was okay to do that. And that's what Bill's point was. And he can't even get, he can't even be honest enough in the conversation to admit that yes, that happened, but here's why. And even here's what's even more embarrassing. His first response was admitting that, you know, what's not justified the January 6th. So his question was whether it was okay. And his response was January 6th. So what you did there was go, yes, because they did something like that. And then when you actually get to the crux of the issue, you're unwilling to put your point on it. Well, we don't know for sure. These are children, guys. I don't, I can't get past that. And they'll never admit that to themselves. I could certainly be wrong. But when you're not willing to acknowledge something that's even your own point, somewhere in your inside, you must know that you're wrong. The point is, uh, you, we're going to prove now now that they, that they that the the press uh, played you know tried to they're admitting it they're, the that's press not is a, admitting it yes that's not even a, see my point is exactly issue anymore they're, i mean even bills like come on man like this it's not even up for debate it has happened and either reiner doesn't even know that which shows you that they're not that they're, he's clearly not even watching fox news which is hilarious to me even though watching both sides is such an illusion because obviously we should know by now that they're both controlled entities that are driving you in the same direction hopefully we can see that by now Either way, he doesn't know that. They're saying, yes, we basically did this because we didn't want this to throw the election. Because it was more important to them to stop the bad guy Trump in their rationale than allow this. That was the whole point of what's his name? I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. I can see his face. The guy's saying, like, I don't care if there was dead children in Hunter Biden's basement. It's more important to stop Trump. You know, paraphrasing whatever he ultimately said. That's, That's where this is ultimately coming from. 
Yes. I don't know that they've all said this, and I I believe uh, I believe strongly. Well, the New York in Times definitely did. My dad was a reporter. I believe in it. And what does that even mean? You believe? So that means you just trust them? Like these are children. You, I believe in journalism, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna just give them the benefit of the doubt. That, I mean, this is not what grownups do. I hate to keep using that point, but it's like this is this is such a ridiculous and and willful ignorance stance. How about the fact that the media has been wrong many times? And how about the fact that they've been caught lying many times? No, no, I trust. How about like the same point? Trust women, right? Believe this, trust that until they don't want you to anymore. And I think you have to uh, you have to make sure that you're treating people fairly. But I think Rob's point here is fairly. See, that's not real. The idea that you cover one story from this side, one story from that. That's the illusion that we are dealing um, with man who used to be the president right now who literally tried to lead an armed insurrection ah okay so literally tried to lead an armed insurrection well literally wasn't even involved literally wasn't an armed insurrection maybe you don't know what the word literally means of course i use that in the same way sometimes when you know it's become the word that's like you know an exactly kind of highlight a point but in any case the idea that it's an armed insurrection is totally okay they can yell that out all the time it's completely and verifiably wrong Sam Harris, thank you. Someone in the chat points that out. Sam Harris, same point. He's the one saying it doesn't matter, right? But this is crazy that we can act like this is the nor- This is the acceptable level of conversation. This is just blatant misinformation. They don't even probably know that they're misinforming. But here's Mines pointing out. Mark Zuckerberg tells Joe Rogan, and you guys have probably seen most of this already. It's been out for you know half a week. Mark Zuckerberg tells Joe Rogan that Facebook algorithmically censored the Hunter Biden laptop story for seven days based on a general request from the FBI to restrict election misinformation, even though it's true. Now, there's points to be made there across the board. One is that just because they restrict it and say it's misinformation, not even, to be quite honest, usually means it's not, but doesn't mean that it's misinformation. As we now know for sure, this wasn't misinformation. Then the question is, is that even why they did it? And then we have to realize the FBI is exactly what they appear to be right here. Not what you should think they are. Then recognize that the right is apparently, I mean, it's weird that, the way this flip-flops, right? At one point, it was the right defending the police force and, and the left saying we're you know, threatening policemen and attacking and defund everybody and no one called that out. Now, of course, the flip-flop is because FBI raids Trump and then, oh, they hate them now. And now the left is saying, we stand with the FBI. It's like we're watching a cartoon. It's so stupid. 30 seconds ago, they were saying something different. And 30 seconds ago, the BML was openly threatening them and nobody cared about that. It's so ridiculous. But here's what he said, just so we can hear this and understand that this is a admission of guilt. How do you guys handle things when they're a a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah. So you guys censored that as well. So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us. Some some folks on our team. I was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. I mean, come on, really? Like that? Like that's not weird? The FBI comes out of nowhere and is like, hey, this is coming. Don't let this out. I mean, come on. What does that look like to you? 
especially with, I mean, how about we recognize the member of the FBI in Utah just got arrested for child sex abuse and this weird overlap. How about the fact that he just said, I don't care if there's dead children in his basement. <laughs> What's this weird overlap there? But anyway, the point is ultimately that they are aware of this is, is a real story. They were then, they are now. The FBI stepped into Facebook and said, don't let that be discussed. That's that they are serving their purpose when they did that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the... Yeah, they leave that to the government. Actually, the government. That's Atlantic Council. That's actually your government deciding what they don't want you to see. So that is state censorship, period. I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false. Um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper-political issues. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement, they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. Hmm. It didn't, though. That's the problem. It didn't at all. There was no even. That, that was simply the easy way to keep it from view. Was claiming without any evidence that it was Russia misinformation. That's the. That's it. That's it. So you to pretend that Zuckerberg made that choice because that looks like Russian information based on what? Did it come from Russians? Did it come from the government? Was there any evidence of that? No, no. Just we just wanted to say that because that's the easy narrative. Well, here is another example. Former DNI John Radcliffe says Mark Zuckerberg's recollection of the FBI warning before the 2020 election, leading Facebook to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, was the opposite of what Director Christopher Wray told him at the time. Well, that's a little bit interesting. How do you explain that? Actually, surprised to hear uh, Mark Zuckerberg say that because what he related the FBI told him was exactly the opposite of what my conversations with the FBI director himself at the time were about. Look, we knew. Uh, when uh, Adam Schiff was uh, in October of 2020 uh, talking about Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation and using his platform as the chairman of the Intelligence Committee to, to mislead voters about that, we knew that, that that simply wasn't true, that it wasn't Russian disinformation, that there was no intelligence. And, and discussions between my office, the director of national intelligence, the FBI and the attorney general, uh, at the Department of Justice, all uh, we all agreed, look, we need to counter this. Uh, and I put out a statement and was backed up by both the uh, Department of Justice and FBI uh, that this was not Russian disinformation. So to hear that, uh, contrary to what the FBI director uh, was saying in the official position of the FBI, that agents were acting in contradiction to that in dealings with Facebook or telling 
if whistleblowers are to be believed, telling FBI agents uh, to suppress information about Hunter Biden's laptop and to amplify damaging information about then-President Donald Trump, you know, that, that is um, uh, entirely inconsistent with what we all knew, which was, and what you, what you now know and the public knows, is that this wasn't Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of folks misled uh, the American people about that and the American voter about that two weeks before a presidential election. The important thing to remember, too, and, that, you know, I know this bugs people when I have to stick this point in there, but it's important to remember that if this was a complete in, in reverse situation, the Republicans would have happily done the same thing. And, and if anyone that doesn't acknowledge that is lying to themselves and you, you and look, it would be justified in reverse. Well, because we're the patriots fighting the evil pedos and we have to fight this battle. Like that's the, the partisan kind of ridiculous extreme narrative. Not that there's not some truth to those things I've covered many times, but the reality being that they would rationalize why this has to happen because we're the better team. We're fighting for freedom or whatever they tell themselves. That is how the, pr- the game works. We need to see that. That's election interference, is it not? I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, I, uh, it is election interference, um, you know, to the extent that these allegations. Now, I would say, technically speaking, it's you're not uh, by hiding a story from coming out is not really election interference. That's what I would call it as well, just because I know that's the aim. But technically speaking, it wouldn't be unless you were taking direct action that in that was affecting the election process. Right. But either way, I do agree. That's what the aim was for sure. Allegations are true that FBI agents um, were. Uh, no, knowingly putting bad information um, out there, uh, it absolutely. We, and the troubling part about this, uh, Tucker, is the FBI is the primary domestic authority for enforcing election security, for making sure that oh. people don't interfere with the American voters in American elections. And if they're engaged in election interference, then we've got a real problem. And I think that's why so many Americans uh, mistrust uh, the FBI. Well, and there's a couple of points to make, too. Is it whether, whether the FBI did say that? Zuckerberg could be lying about that. Maybe he was told by Hillary Clinton. (laughs) It's certainly possible somebody else reached out and is just saying the FBI said that or he's lying and the FBI did say that. Now they're trying to hide that. There's all sorts of possibilities there. But however you spin it, it turns out that it was real. They knew it was real. And some effort was made to make sure you didn't see that. That's the real takeaway. You know, we all choose to in the party paradigm, trust the one on our side is the truth. And, you know, without how do we know he could be lying, couldn't he? But people who want to believe him don't want to admit that, right? This is the problem with the two-party paradigm. But just so we're clear, you know it's a really important story when his brow gets that furrowed. I mean, man, you know it's serious, right? But it is important not to be, you know, jokes aside, it's obviously an important discussion. And it is obvious how broken all of this is. The people involved on all sides of this, the power players in the paradigm are the ones keeping you lost within it. We need to stand back and realize that none of this is accurate. None of this is fair. All of it. But finally, on this one point, if you wanted to read more about the affidavit that they, quote unquote, unsealed, even though it's rife with censorship and and blacked out areas, here is the affidavit itself. If you'd like to read through it more, I I still argue that the entire Mar-a-Lago situation was just a a manipulation. I mean, it's these things take time. Nothing's happened yet. Mark my words. Something tells me nothing will happen from either side. There won't be action taken by Trump to make anything about it. The other side won't end up doing any same thing that happens on these kind of things all the time. Clintons or anybody else. It's big hype of something and then it dissipates into the background. And all it did was sufficiently distract you from something else. But we'll wait and see. I could be wrong.
Now, to try to do this reasonably quickly, because we're already at two hours and 10 minutes, I want to get into the manufactured crises that are happening and how this is rolling you in to exactly where they want you to go with the Great Reset and everything else. And this all, of course, is perfectly related to what we're talking about before this, right? Because all this is a means to an end, driving, whether it's the COVID-19 agenda in general, whether the sickness, the biosecurity state or the mass or any of it, is driving you into a position where you take what you're given, where you allow them to make emergency level decisions that drive you into the passports and the digital IDs and normalizing the idea of the fourth industrial revolution and nanotechnology and implantables, which is everything they're selling you. And the energy and all of it is a way to drive you into that control. That's my opinion. But you need, I hope you are willing to ask those questions. Bernie's tweets, again, doing an excellent job of really harp, you know, banging this specifically in regard to the climate change discussion. A, a lot of ways, by the way. I think it's a great account. Same with Lichtenstein. I've been pointing at them a lot lately. I think they do great work. You sort of daily kind of just picking out some of these important points. Energy firms are refusing, she writes, to supply small businesses due to bankruptcy fears and demanding prepayments of 10,000 pounds. 99% of businesses in the UK are small, employing three-fifths of the workforce. If they cannot get energy and cannot pay, they will collapse. And along with that would collapse three-fifths of the entire workforce. Then what happens? Universal basic income. What do you think? The point here is that they are refusing to supply small businesses unless they put up a huge payment that they know they probably can't afford. This is an engineered effort on top of everything else. Take advantage, in my opinion, of the problem they've created, which is beyond obvious, to then further destroy the small businesses, drive them in and let the larger companies scoop up all the, res, all the real estate, all of the market. It's happened everywhere. They're just continuing to capitalize. Wall Street Silver points out protests break out in London this evening. This is as of the 26th. Outside the headquarters of the energy regulator against the 80%. 80% rise in energy prices from October. 80%? My God. The average annual household bill is expected to reach 3,549 pounds. Guys, that's, I mean, that's incredible. That's more than people. I mean, most average people can't even come close to affording that for one energy bill. They know this. And why is this happening? Well, of course, we'd take it on the chin for Ukraine, right? You can't just say Russia did it when there's no evidence to that effect. This is incredible. Says sound. We'll see what's happening. They're just chanting something. The point is they're protesting in London. It's happening all over the place. Here's angry people in Pakistan storming K-Electric offices due to exorbitant energy bills. This is lockstep, guys. This is what it looks like to coordinate. Are we really going to pretend that simultaneously in multiple diverse situations around the world, we have simultaneous energy bill increases, collapsing of the energy problem, water crisis, food crisis? Why? Because Ukraine? Now, I'm not going to pretend that it's not an important location for certain things, but my God, supply chains shutting down, energy bills crazy everywhere, shortage of power, food supply breakdowns that aren't even remotely connected to wheat. I mean, it's obvious what's happening. And most of it is very clear. You can draw a direct line to their actions. And then they'll say, well, we have to reduce these things anyway because of climate change and 2030 agenda and carbon and nitrogen. Okay, well, so that you're doing it then? No, it's Russia. Well, okay, you just said this is what you want to do, and then you point at your actions, which are doing this, but then when you point at what it's causing, you may you blame Russia? Nobody's falling for this. China. This is a cue for EV, EV charging points, for the electric vehicle charging points, as the government shuts down and rations energy supplies. By October in the UK, a 400-mile charge will cost 
pounds and a tank of petrol will cost 50 pounds. Buyer's remorse. Stop laughing at the back. Just showing you this line of... I mean, they're they're manufacturing this, guys, and I don't I, I, I don't know why some people can't see it. But here's an interesting example of how we have these, you know, groups like the was that one group, the Extinction Revolution or Rebellion. These groups that go around and what the you know eco attacks or whatever activist attacks. And the point is that nothing ever seems to happen about this, which makes me very suspicious about whether they're letting it happen or it's whether it's even the government in general. But weird how right at the same time as we're seeing this happen and everyone's struggling to be able to afford these things when they're trying to transition you to what they tell you is the future guess what just stop oil eco mob blockade central london petrol stations and they smashing petrol pumps weird how no one's trying to stop them casually walking around this grandma apparently just hammering in the pumps And she's like, call the police. Yeah, it doesn't sound like somebody afraid to be arrested. Or knowing they won't be. There's multiple people who. They're all in vests. They're all walking, standing around. I mean, my God. Right? So whether that's people taking advantage, I mean, everything's leading in the same direction. It seems pretty damn coordinated to me. Prime Minister Alexander DeCruz, World Economic Forum global young leader, like most of them, has warned the country faces long-term economic hardship due to soaring energy costs. Okay, here's what it looks like to point at what you caused and say that that's going to cause something else, right? So you have created this problem by doing what you're doing in Ukraine, by actively taking actions that reduce the situation because what you're aiming at for 2030, knowing that that will cause this problem, and then just blaming whoever else. Then saying, because of the cost that we just caused, that the next five to ten winters are going to be difficult. Guys, just so you're aware, that means years. Five to ten years will be difficult. So take it on the chin for Ukraine means ten years of not having energy, being able to afford it. A very difficult situation, he says, is developing throughout Europe. Yeah, you guys made this happen. I mean, that's not even debatable. And she says, this is your new normal. Next five to ten winters will be difficult. Wow. You just can't miss what's happening. We are being driven there. Not tomorrow, not in the next week, right this moment. It's happening, guys. I mean, this is blatant. Wyatt Reed points out, and this is my point from before. Imagine being forced to pony up nearly $10,000 for two months of power just so the West can continue propping up the corrupt, corrupt Zelensky regime and still keeping the Ukraine flag in your Twitter handle. This person, poppyfields.cafe. points out, I've got this electric bill today. How in the name of God is this possible? We're a small coffee shop in West Westmeath. Got the Ukraine flag right there. So this is my point. People just don't understand. Look at this bill. It's almost 10,000 euros, I think. That's incredible. And as Wyatt points out, by keeping that in, so this is exactly the point. They're making this happen, whether it's the funding there or their act, their actions reducing nitrogen and carbon and whatever else, aiming for their end goals. But the, it's important to realize that they're at least telling you that they're doing this and helping Ukraine. It's going to put us in a difficult position. And this person doesn't know what's going on as he still supports Ukraine. My God.
Bernie's tweets points out Australia, West uh, Bank Australia will stop petrol and diesel car loans. So they won't give you a car loan if you're going to buy a petrol or diesel car. Yeah, it's not coordinated at all, is it? This is how easy it is to force change on populations with no democratic mandate. Corporations will decide what's good for you. Welcome to the future. It's why digital currencies and social credit are so important to them. Australian bank announces it will ban loans for petrol or diesel cars in order to fight climate change and encourage electric vehicles. This is lockstep. It's what it looks like. EU is now declared an energy emergency crisis. Right? So they have made this happen, taken direct action that led exactly here, and then using that justification that they created, they declare an emergency, which allows more funding, which allows more emergency action, which allows them to do whatever they want says the U.S. will not be immune. So guess who's going to do it next? The U.S. declaring an emergency crisis. So an opioid crisis, a COVID crisis, an emergency crisis, a water crisis. We're just declaring emergencies everywhere. Oh, is there a hurricane coming? Emergency. Why not? Let's just declare emergencies and rule by fiat. Oh, that's what we're already doing. That's right. This is the rule by the governance of emergency. That's what they're doing. But the EU has now declared an emergency crisis. Or excuse me, an energy crisis. Emergency. Who didn't see this coming? And why? Well, climate change, of course. So we're just transitioning into the new emergency of whatever they're going to say tomorrow. We're going to show you some clips of her, of course, showing you just how exactly tied she is to the Great Reset Agenda. Well, California has now said their power grid officials warn of blackouts, urge residents to conserve energy. Why is all this happening simultaneously? Different countries, different states, all at the same time, because this is being made to happen. Set thermostat. I mean, ask yourself this, guys. If you believe this is because of climate change or Russia, how can you explain how this translates to the average person in multiple countries and states in the exact same way at the same time? Is that climate change? They just kicked in all of a sudden? I mean, it's just so silly and obvious. Set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher. Avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles and turn off unnecessary lights. Isn't that funny? So don't do this, even though you bought it because of this, right? <laughs> electric, electric vehicle charging. It's kind of ridiculous. But they're going to declare an emergency, which, by the way, I think has already happened. Emergency crisis or energy. How do I keep saying that? Energy crisis. Well, breaking news, according to Jeff Charles, California Governor Gavin Newsom considering legislation barring residents from moving to Texas or Florida. Says, quote, we can't allow our people to be taken in by promises of freedom and better economic opportunities. They need to stay here, a staffer told reporters which is actually satire. But what's funny to me is that I didn't know for sure. I thought I was like, that, that, that sounds, I mean, what's crazy to me, and you can see he says it right here. This is, yes, this is satire, which what's the funniest part of that is you wouldn't know for sure, would you? I mean, literally, that could be stated right now. And you'd be like, that sounds like what they would say, that you're not allowed to go else, elsewhere because they're bad guys, right? Well, guess what makes this even funnier? Despite the fact that I kind of take issue with this being stated, and there's no indication it's satire. I argue most people share this because they thought it wasn't. Nobody seems to do due do, 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 do diligence today. But here's the funniest part. Guess who just said something that's basically the exact same thing? And yeah, she really did say it. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, tells Trump supporters to leave the state. <laughs> Guess what? Just, just, it's simultaneous these days. Remember how it used to be that the onion was became real after six months? Guess what? Now the tr the fake new the the joking satire becomes real instantaneously because we live in a cartoon. Just jump on a bus and head into Florida where you belong. Okay, you're not New Yorkers. Here's what she said: To bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. 
And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Now, let's be clear. She's not talking about Trump and his administration. They don't all live in New York, do they? Right? She's talking about the era of Trump, meaning anybody who still they believe is in that frame, which is MAGA, Q, anybody. That's, that's how I take that. I mean, we can't know for sure because who knows what's in her brain, probably marbles. But the point is ultimately that she is saying that if you're part of that, go somewhere else. And the last part of this makes it even more clear that she says you're not New Yorkers. This is really what just happened. To Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. You're not New Yorkers. Right. And we're the ones dividing the country, right? We're the ones causing, this is them normalizing extremism every day. You know what they now think is extremism? Objectivity. I mean, it couldn't be any more clear. So I, I really, I, I want to hope Jeff saw that, how fun, actually should post that down there. Because it's hilarious how exactly this is what just happened. I mean, it's really ridiculous what a parody these people are of themselves. Making sure he sees that. There you go. But Southern California faces massive heat wave. Here we are again. Ocean water warnings simultaneously. Weird, isn't it? All this stuff is just popping up left and right. Now, I'm going to let this play out before we jump the gun because they're predicting it will happen. Just like last time, it was nothing more. And in a few places, they had some highs. But most of the areas they pointed out and hyped were 80-something, 60, like not higher than what they ever were before. And they only hyped it up, and it was a two-day thing anyway. And that was supposed to be the beginning of climate change. We're all going to die. And they just, it just went out of control. Well, Southern California faces heat waves, which they do every year. I don't know why that's a big hype, because they want you to keep thinking weather means climate change. Well, it just means the world. But at the same time they hype this, they have ocean water warnings too, which is what it says. Guess what? High bacteria levels have been detected at four beaches. What does it even mean? And why would that be indicative of climate change? Like the frustrating part about this is everything they want to mean, it's whatever they want means anything. It's all climate change because somehow it relates. But why are they high bacteria levels? What happened? Well, here's an interesting point. How about the fact that they've always been this dangerous and they're only just now pointing at it because it's useful to them? Because that's the reality, guys. They're, these things have been disgusting and broken and bad for a long time because of what they do and allow corporations to dump and everything else. My argument would be that they just, if there is even actually high bacteria levels, whatever that bacteria may be, that it is ultimately used in this moment to say, fear, stay inside, don't go to the beach. Like everything else amounts to not going outside. But disaster and extreme peril. Mississippi government declares state of emergency. Activates National Guard. Just like that, you've got National Guard deployed inside the country yet again. Governor Tate Reeves has issued a state of emergency. Guess what? Because of the water crisis. Stemming from failures of OB Curtis water treatment plant. I guess it just, I mean, it's perfectly it could just be an organic random thing that perf- happens to correlate with other f- claims of emergency crisis for water in New York and California. Now, Mississippi just says, well, this plant just stopped working. Therefore, we have the same problem. Declare an emergency. Everything about this feels orchestra- orchestrated to me personally. To, why would you activate the National Guard? I mean, what about Flint? <laughs> what about other places in this country that have always had this problem? You don't do you don't ter- move heaven and earth for them. 
Apparently, they still don't have clean water. So who cares? This is about declaring emergencies that unleash funding, that allow unilateral action. This is the direction we're all going, the governance of emergency. And here's COVID-1984 pointing out serious Hunger Game vibes here. While she sounds very disappointed, the Vax campaign failed to get everyone on the planet. She seems very optimistic the coming water crisis will do the trick. Right. They all say this is the World Economic Forum. They seem to know what's coming. But it's also equity that goes hand in hand with self-interest everywhere in the world. Because if we don't solve those equity problems, we're all going to be affected. Meaning like, you know, making sure you all get the dangerous injection juice that you're supposed to have equally. And that's what it means when we say it's part, it is now a global commons issue. Equity and self-interest come together when we want to solve the water problem, just like when we want to solve the problem of the climate crisis. They go hand in hand. What, what water problem? Like, where did this all of a sudden just come from? Right. The idea that this is a problem, like either it was a problem and they weren't telling you about it or it just suddenly became a problem. And then why is that exactly what happened? What changed? It's just it's just the idea that people are that there's an inequitable situation where some people in the world have more access to some things than others. That's the reality of the world. But what I'm pointing at is not that we shouldn't help other people. One is it shouldn't be forced on anybody, but that these governments right this moment and have for decades, centuries, had the ability to help them. With the flick of a finger. I mean, how about we realize that we just spent $40 billion to arm Nazis in Ukraine, while all it would take would be $30 billion to feed the planet. The UN has made that clear every year for a long time. Now, maybe it's gone up since then, but last time I checked was a couple years ago. But $30 billion. And I'm arguing we should have to do that. My point is, if they cared about actually helping people, there's an easy, quick way they could do it just like that. Never do, though. Happily spend a trillion dollars a year on war that hurt those very same people because they don't care about any of this stuff. And that shift in thinking is also necessary. Equity is everyone's interest, everyone's self-interest everywhere in the world. Can I add something just based on what you've just said? That's also, of course, true with COVID, right? We are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our not true. city. Not even remotely true. We're not all only as healthy as our neighbor. You're as healthy as you are. Because you're a grown-up that has discernment and free choice over your own body. Like, the idea that we have to be... Like, this is the kind of collectivism, global governance idea that they want you to be attached to. That you're not anything unless they are too. And that's ridiculous. That By the way, that's not even tenable. But it's what they're pushing. So they can drive you, not them, into a specific situation based on the idea that you're not a good person. They need to give more while they take more in our region, in our nation, and globally. Did we solve that? Like, did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? No. Which, again, was a little bit of a slip right there, right? That was what it was about, at least in her mind, solving that problem. Get them all vaccinated so we're all healthy. What about, what did it have to do with COVID? No, no, just, you know, we didn't solve that because we didn't get that job done. And why would it be vaccinating everyone on the planet? Did everybody need it? Was everybody sick? Is everybody even at risk? No, none of it even matters, guys. There was obviously something more on the table here. So highlighting water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of that kind of global commons perspective, but also the self-interest perspective. Because it- What I find funny is as a global commons, right, which means it, like it's a, it's a human right, except the fact that all these governments that are sitting at these tables don't think that way. They may say that at the meetings of the World Economic Forum, but then the state governments and even the federal governments will allow companies like Nestle to come in and steal the water and buy it because they're selling it. So it's not a human right then. So you're allowed to then be doled out that information. Or how about with Flint? I keep mentioning. 
You remember when that happened? Because the governor chose to use water from the from the river instead of the reservoir, I think. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. However, the point was he switched the water source because it made them money. I don't remember anybody getting held accountable for that as they hurt a lot of people knowing it was dangerous. That's them selling the water rights. Look at Texas. There's like one guy in Texas that owns most of the water. This is not a human right the way that they're managing it, but they want to sell you on that idea. That's what this is all about, whether she even knows that or not. It is. It does have that parallel. It's not only important, but it's also important because we haven't managed to solve those problems, which had similar attributes. And water is something that people understand. Also, think about the kind of hubris it takes to act like you're going to sit around this table and solve the world's problems without the consent of the world. You know, climate change is a bit abstract. Some people understand it really well. Some understand it a bit. Some just don't understand it. Water. Every <laughs> kid knows how important it is to have water. When you're playing football and you're thirsty, you need water. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really, in some ways, experimenting with this notion of the common good. Can we actually right. deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably ah, right. other times? So this is not the first time. And hopefully we won't keep failing on the other things. But anyway... Right, right, right. Okay, got it. So you're our betters and you make our choices for us. So we should just sit back and allow you to decide what is the right thing to do, right? I mean, the bottom line is that's how these people view everything. Whether they know they're manipulating you or they think they're doing the right thing, these people believe that they have the divine right to make these choices for you because you just aren't smart enough to understand because the average person just doesn't really know, right? That, I mean, it's not hard to see that the way they perceive you is as uninformed people. But here is why they're going to install or already have police to monitor the green direction and make sure that you're complying. Did we vote for that? I don't remember that. I don't remember Canada voting for that. I don't remember France voting for that. Well, it happened anyway, though. Here's the counter signal. We already showed you this one, by the way. Trudeau installing weapons armories interrogation rooms for Ministry of Climate Change. And the idea is that it's a, lab le a leak that he got in regard to plans. My point was more so about the idea of that he, that he posted in this article, the post for an enforcement officer for environmental enforcement. There's no way to misunderstand that. You're enforcing the laws that they deem the controlling direction around environmental change. I don't remember voting for this or why they have the right to enforce environmental law. I mean, this seems crazy. Even if you think it's the right thing, there needs to be process to this, but it's happening all over the place. Here, and actually here is the first post. This is from also from Countersignal. France launches climate change police force. This is what's happening. Here is a post about this. And I just said, I'll talk more about this. I meant to do it the other day. The green police in France, just like in Canada. This is outrageous for Americans coming to a state near you. Oh, that's right. So it's on here since it's a translation. Oh, I guess not. Oh, I thought, you know what? I thought this was in, Fr uh, in French. I guess I saw the subtitles here. Let me grab this real quick. This is really one of the topics that is really alarming to me because it's such a rapid change, right? Like even how stupid it is to see the IRS flunkies being trained who argue party won't have anything to do with what we think the IRS is today. But these people, you know, these, these contact tracers suddenly being armed in the IRS, the whole thing. It's alarming to see how quickly all this is changing. This is a police force that's literally going to be enforcing what they have decided for you, even though half the countries disagree, is the right direction. That's, that's tyranny. I don't know how you see it any other way, especially since plenty of people in these countries do not agree with this. In the face of wildfires in France, the government may be turning to increased law enforcement to crack down on the root problems. 
the country's interior minister proposing 3,000 so-called green police to tackle the issue of climate change. The objective is to address... Like, I mean, this is under the assumption that all these fires are exactly because climate change, not because someone threw a bottle in there or because they started a campfire and left. No, these, you know, no, no, it's just climate change, right? That's it. It just got hot and started a fire, right? Is that even really what happens? I mean, they tried to sell you on the idea of that in London, except it turned out it had nothing to do with that. There were just fires and it was also a hot day and it turned out there was very clear reasons why it started that had nothing to do with the temperature. But who cares? It's climate change because it's an easy thing to sell people that already agree. Criminal activity that poses a threat to the environment, specifically. Right. So criminal activity. OK, so they're criminally acting and starting fires or something. And how is that climate change related? Well, just because it, they want it to be. I mean, they literally just said that when it comes to wildfires. Local officials say nine out of ten blazes in France are caused by human activity. Something... Yeah, how is that climate change? Those on the scene say can potentially be avoided. Every day we are fighting the same battles on the same grounds. It's becoming quite difficult to cope with. The fires are resulting in over 10,000 people being evacuated from their homes this month alone and are prompting a continent-wide response from countries who fear that they, too, may need help in the future. The European Union earlier this summer calling for a unified force to battle the effects of climate change with resources for... You see my point? How did that just transition from people taking personal criminal action that could be stopped, so it has nothing to do with climate change, and then they just jump to the fact that this is climate change? Like, here's how we also stop climate change. I mean, this, it's not, there's not even an attempt to make some kind of argument. Fear that they, too, may need help in the future. The European Union earlier this summer calling for a unified force to battle the effects of climate change with resources from all of its members, with the latest deployment heading to France. Firefighting teams from Germany, Poland, Austria and Romania are on their way to support French first responders via the mechanism. The creation of the EU mechanism is criticized as being a power grab by those in Brussels looking to further... Ex again, again, there are plenty of people in these governments and on the pe people of these countries that don't agree with this, that don't agree with what's happening or that they should do this at all, but they do it anyway. So who's actually guiding this? Are the people? Are the governments? Well, it doesn't seem that way if there's only a small fraction of the government and of the people. So clearly there's some other hovering hand guiding this direction and coordinating it across literally every place we can look right now. That's not alarming at all. Exert their influence on the policies of individual states. But in the face of danger, any help is appreciated. And although the creation of the Green Police in France is only in its infancy, residents are already wondering what kind of power the agents will have to impose the government's will in the name of protecting the environment. In Rome, for news right. Who knows, right? Because the power seems unlimited. But again, to make the real clear point, they admit that those fires are started by people and nine out of ten of them can be preventable be take, by stopping the actions they're taking, like fires or leaving bottles in there, which is what almost always happens. But yet they just want to conflate that with climate change. I mean, that is the clumsiest thing I've ever seen in my life. So any fire anywhere, even if I start it with a lighter, is climate change, apparently, according to them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, because it's hotter, so it's easier to start. Of course, totally makes sense. All climate change, right? Well, here's another alarming example from Truth Unmuted. French media push carbon credit cards, right? This is happening all across the board. We've seen, where do we just see this? I'm... 
Well, I know that MasterCard has a version of this. There's plenty of other ones that have the, the, the black card where they're allowing you to do your own tracking. But this is another one. French media push carbon credit cards. And the same kind of idea by Seek for Truth that you can, you can see on Facebook as well, or uh, excuse me, Twitter as well. But this is idea about a, this says, quote, there is a shift in CO2 consumption between the richest and the poorest because of the controversy over private jets. By introducing a carbon card, it would be possible to congratulate those who make efforts to achieve carbon neutrality in 2050. So again, there'll be a benefit, then it will become a detriment, then it will become a force, which is always how this goes. But it is happening. It's slow. And all these were fake news stories like 30 seconds ago. Now it's happening. Bernie's tweets points out climate change. This is what man-made climate change looks like. Man playing God isn't happening at all. It's just a conspiracy theory. The point in all of this is what we've continued to show you from before. I made a joke about this when they said China's doing this new thing called cloud seeding. It's like, you mean the new thing from the 30s? How we've always been talking about this? I just, I, I think it was the 30s. It's been happening for a long time. The point is that they're now even admitting to what we've called geoengineering or chemtrails. They've openly, Brennan said this in 2018 at the Council on Foreign Relations. They openly admitted we're spraying aluminum and barium in the sky to, quote, stop climate change, right? That's not just cloud seeding. That's direct chemtrails. That's exactly what they said was fake news. And some people still dismiss it as fake news, even though they've admitted it. But this point shows you all these different discussions. Lingering drought brings rising demand for rain bombs. Nigeria begins making artificial rain to curb the drought. China to generate artificial rain to protect the grain crops. Funny how it's still fake news, though. Cloud can cloud seeding save us from the drought? It, are we, are we not going to stop and wonder whether what they're doing is causing these random fluctuations in the weather? Nah, it must be the thing we've all decided, even though people disagree with. And it can't be the fact that we're playing God and manipulating these things. Or, you know, we pumped a genetic, uh, genetic therapy in everyone's arms and we're changing everyone's bodies. But it's not why it's happening. It must be because long COVID, right? They're taking action that I don't think they even understand. Whether in any way you want to look at this, we're being experimented on. Farmers can now turn to artificial rain. China fires rain generating chemicals into the clouds on and on and on. But that's okay, though. It's just your carbon and nitrogen causing the problem, right? Here's Bell pointing out. Can you see it yet? Agenda 2030? Climate crisis. It's just a good compilation to show you how many of these things have been happening. And it's before we got here, by the way. Suddenly, within a couple days' time, climate change has taken over. All of these articles you're about to see came out within the span of a couple days. It's almost as if someone gave the order and everyone executed in unison. See for yourself. This afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will, sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions. Now you can see this is almost all July 21st, 22nd. Now it's clear that climate change discussion has been around long before this, but I agree. There was a, on a dime, a very clear shift to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda of the 2030 agenda of the 2030 agenda Remember when Project Veritas dropped that video of CNN's technical director stating that climate change was going to be the next thing they were going to focus on? We're going to start focusing mainly on climate, climate like global warming, and so our next thing is going to be for climate change. We were warned. Agenda 2030 is in motion and propaganda is in full effect. Hold on to your butts. Take the time to educate yourselves now so you can stand firm. Yeah, I completely agree. 
Right. I mean, that's exactly exactly. I mean, it's such an obvious transition. And here's the crazy. Here's the best. The, the frustrating part about something like Project Veritas. You can't dismiss something like that. The guy got caught on video saying verbatim. You saw it for yourself. But that doesn't mean that there's still a partisan angle where only things like that get shown or those things are selectively edited. Now, I pointed out from the beginning. I've seen them do that. It still doesn't change the fact that it's valid. Right. That those are important points to make. And of course, our stream struggles right now. But it's important to see that obviously he said this is going to be the thing. Now, they might want to argue because we know it's a big problem. But then why was it so coordinated and pushed happening simultaneously? Now, the next part, climate change collateral happening today. So governments can pretend to fix the planet whilst taking your freedoms by stealth. Don't worry. These babies will have digital passports soon as well. Enjoy your virtue or wake up to see the bollocks. The point in this this tweet is to show you what I've already shown you before, that around the world, what they're mining in places like the, like the Democratic Republic of Congo, for like lithium and cobalt, and all these things they need for the batteries and the, the things they're building, well, this is one side of that they don't want you to see, which has to be considered. They stagger beneath the weight of a heavy sack that must be carried to unload 60 feet away in pouring rain. Cobalt, high demand to produce batteries for mobile phones and electric vehicles. Now, guys, here's actually a great example of what I was just talking about. Do you think that these families get even a fraction of what they're mining? Do you think the country, the government, the location? No. Because this is being controlled by outside foreign forces. So they come in, they colonialize, they control, and they reap all the benefits. That's exactly what we keep trying to point out. Now, you can argue that China and Russia do the same with groups they deal with. I'm not even going to argue otherwise. But what I see right now in places like these kind of countries in Africa is China, probably because they see the opportunity to play the good guy. That's what I tend to point out making deals with these places and saying, we'll sign a mutually agreed upon point here where you benefit, where we don't just take everything. Now, is that what's going to happen? Probably not. But at the end of the day, what you see alternatively is the U.S. government claiming some sort of terrorism presence. So they push in and control the area and then also rob the resources. So was it even really a threat? Probably not. And historically is showing you that that's how they lie about these things or lie about what's happening in Bolivia to take their lithium or try to take all the oil and lithium out of Venezuela. And how weird how all the countries doing all the bad guy thing Things just so happen to have all the things they want. What do you know? The point is, just to jump past this in general, is that these kind of situations are everywhere and they're exploiting them. Or you could point out that there's lots of big companies that still use child labor and nobody cares about that because they're part of the problem. But going forward onto the climate change discussion to finish this out, as Clown News World or Clown World Today points out, our first, our, our world is on fire. Prince Harry calls for climate change action on July 18th. Then... Right afterward, Prince Harry takes private jet to one-day polo match, has his kit transported in a separate car, because clearly he cares, right? No, because if they cared, they would lead by example. This is either the means that that's all an agenda, and he says those things for a different reason, or he knows it's a problem and doesn't care anyway. However you spin it, I think it's the former. I, it, the, it, the bottom line is they don't care. These people are simply towing a line. They want you to change, at the very least. Not them, not their lives. You'll own nothing and be happy. They'll own everything and be even happier. And you'll own nothing and be terribly depressed. They'll tell you you're happy, right? Up is down, left is right. War, to, war is peace, freedom is, is or, uh, ignorance is strength, and all the stuff from Orwell. You know how it goes. But here's the example of another hypocritical stance. is say, reading festival. 
full of climate change warriors who were urged to clean up and take tents and rubbish home with them by organizers and the council. Nah, do as I say, not as I do, right? Here's how it started. We're going to have a climate change focused truth. We must tell the truth about climate change. Climate change is happening now and our past actions are the cause and everyone needs to, to come together and do this for climate change and then they leave it like that. Even the company, apparently, I'm still cleaning it up. I used to say the point is this is exactly what happened. Now I've seen you know they leave behind. There's no way you could I mean you could argue that they got all on by MAGA. That's <laughs> probably what they'll ultimately try to lie about. The point is, guys, this is more about virtue signaling in every way because the real agenda, as we even have proven, is not even about what they say it's about. This is about controlling your life. As long as you say the right things, you get patted on the head. Here's a funny example that a lot of you pointed out. I think Orwell said, for the environment, and laughed at this because it's ridiculous. Thanks for pointing this out. Panama is exporting 41.28 tons, tons of cocaine to the United States. For the, for the for its destruction under the control of the DEA. Sure. Authorities say the move is intended to avoid harms to the environment, right? The environment. Because, oh, see, guys, yeah, it's, God. Don't, everybody, the, sorry for the podcast that we're being somehow attacked with high-level internet and everything being perfectly plugged directly in, not using Wi-Fi, but apparently we somehow still lose connection. On certain points, I wonder why. But, you know, let's continue little robot dance there for a minute, but the point is that they are choosing to move 40 tons of cocaine to the United States for the environment because holding cocaine hurts the environment. Are we going to, I mean, for its destruction? I mean, does anyone believe that? It's probably on fast track to Zelensky's desk for all we know. The problem here is that we don't, this is the very government that it's been caught endless amounts of times shipping and selling and using these things for black markets for their own black operations. I just think it's ridiculous. That we're going to pretend that's for the environment. Why not? You know, why not? Let's just pump more oil for the environment or whatever else they're going to do for the environment because the environment's the environment's important, right? Everybody cares about the environment. It's all just a means to an end today. It doesn't even have to make sense. There's just a funny point to wrap this up before the Great Reset. Global warming is killing the Great Barrier Reef, a study says. CNN reports on 2018, jumped to August 4th, 2022. Parts of the Great Barrier Reef, record high amounts of coral in 36 years. How does that even make sense? You know what I mean? So if you record amounts in 36 years, that means you must have had an ex, a crazy growth in the last four years. Or it was never actually as bad as they said it was. <laughs> anyway, you look at it, we're all going to die. And then two years later, it's better than ever. Well, what did you do? Nothing. Okay, well, then there wasn't a problem. It was all hype to sell an agenda. Here's the next one. President Biden warns of another tough hurricane season. May 2022. Same outlet published August 22nd. August may not see any tropical storms for just third time in 60 years. Well, so was is it warning of another tough hurricane season because climate change and it doesn't even happen? What does that mean? That they're all guessing and pointing at anything anywhere that wants to push the agenda. And they'll happily lie to you and tell you the worst of the worst until the best of the best. doesn't even matter. Nothing means everything. Everything not, means nothing. Just trust what they tell you in the moment and follow what you're told to do. As Ben Swan points out, them. There's no such thing as the Great Reset. You're just a conspiracy theorist. He hit me and he points to the Great Reset book on Amazon. <laughs> Klaus Schwab. 
Right. I mean, it's that stupid how they pretend like it's not even real in plenty of circles. Now, others will say that it's real, but it's not what you say it is. But realize there's an entire conversation that acts like the entire thing is fake. Here, Ursula von der Leyen from the European Union discussing the Great Reset. It's pretty clear. I've been following the very impressive Great Reset initiative from afar, yes, over the last weeks and months. So, ladies and gentlemen, the need for global cooperation and this acceleration of change will both be drivers of the Great Reset. And I see this as an unprecedented opportunity. Oh, good. So it's an opportunity to use what COVID created to drive in this agenda. Right. So if I literally said exactly that, as I've said before, I, I would be called a conspiracy theorist and censored on Twitter. I've already actually seen people doing exactly that. No, it's not. They didn't use this. Well, I just said it would be an opportunity. That's exactly what she just said. That's what Klaus Schwab said. It's a, a, a timeless opportunity. Okay. To drive in what they've planned. That's the point. It was written and planned. It's been there for a long time, so they're going to rush this in. And the point is that this has been, uh, what did she say again? It was the... I've been months. So, ladies and gentlemen, the need for global cooperation and this acceleration of change will both be drivers of... Right. So those will be drivers of the Great Reset, the need for change. So they're telling you, or she's literally saying, that this is what they want. Our need for change. Well, do we all agree on that? No, we don't. So when she says our, she's talking about the collective elitist circles in which they make these decisions. Here's part two. And change is happening just as fast in other areas. Oh, and by the way, don't forget that So th some of these are earlier in the whole thing and some of them are later. So since uh, the beginning of the pandemic, we saw an explosion in digital innovation and the use of tech. How do you explain that? Right? How do you explain it during the biggest pandemic of the century where everyone's struggling that they had booms in digital Because that was always the plan. And this has been seen from before this ever started. That's why BlackRock, let's say, has an entire financial plan that they justify using COVID, but it turns out they had it ready long before we ever got here. Or the fact that this was all in the direction. The nanotechnology, the universal platform, the mRNA, if over and over and over they fail, and simultaneously they all do the same thing at the same time. There's coordination here. You cannot miss that. The argument of how they just did all this during which they're all struggling doesn't make any sense other than the fact that they weren't actually struggling. And this is just an organizational effort to drive in exactly what they already wanted to, whether or not you think COVID is real. They enabled factories to stay open. They enabled companies to sell their products, people to access essential public services, you name it. We have to keep pace with this change. And that means that we will certainly have to write a new rule book for the digital economy and the digital society. Of course, right? Of course. We just need to write an entirely new rule book that we'll decide on. Not get rid of that old pesky constitution. It's outdated anyway, they tell us. Let's just make a new digital constitution. That's exactly what they're calling it. They've already made that clear. For the world, for everybody. They decide. Did we vote for this? Is it your choice? Nah, it doesn't matter. Shut up and go back to work. So covering everything from data to infrastructure, but also talking about security and democracy, technology to fair taxation. All these are topics on the table with digital change. Right. So they are literally, and I mean quite literally, reimagining everything. I don't know why we pretend that makes sense when we're talking about an unelected technocratic power structure here that is not connected to anything other than their own decisions for what they've decided is right for you. 
most of which people generally across the world don't want. And they've even acknowledged that plenty of times. And they just simply say that it's for your best interest. That's why I point at the idea of the bioethics manipulation discussion, where they've written down multiple times that if we would decide to do this, we should do it secretly because they won't understand. I don't know why that doesn't scare everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, the need for global cooperation and this acceleration of change will both be drivers of the Great Reset. And I see this as an unprecedented opportunity. I believe in the power of artificial intelligence. Just look at the winner of last year's Future Unicorn Award, Corti from Denmark. They are using AI and voice recognition to help doctors predict heart attacks. It's simply amazing. Whoa, what an amazing coincidence. What do you know? It's almost like they see an industry in heart attacks all of a sudden. And indeed, the possibilities of AI are immense. I don't have to tell you. AI can turn on uh, wind turbines and uh, can produce more energy as the weather changes, for example. AI can detect a cyber attack faster than any human being. And as a medical doctor, I know that AI can also, for example, detect cancer in mammographies way earlier and more reliably than any human being. You know, or detect your illness of any kind before you're sick and we're told we have to lock down. You know, you're going to get sick tomorrow, says the AI. Remember, Klaus, uh, um, Eric Schmidt and it, it, uh, Whitney Webb and I had a conversation about this in regard to the AI PSYOP. It's openly discussed many times that, you know, when that comes along in the near future, that we're going to get to a point to where the AI makes choices for us in foreign policy and other things where, and I'm paraphrasing, where it may not seem moral to us, but we, they know better. The AI will know better because we just can't even fathom what they're thinking. They're already setting the table for where, whether it's even really there or not, we have to bow to what that decides for us and that will be deciding for you. And you don't know better than AI, do you? You're not an expert, are you? Same point, right? That's where we are. This stuff is very, very obvious, guys. It's building in a direction where they're, they're creating a situation where they're telling you they know better than you. In fact, they're already doing that. We're creating a situation where they drive in the things they say are the solution to that. Now, when's the last time we were told the solution wouldn't be worse than the problem? Oh, that's right. Trump told us that before, all the, before we got here. And even in his own administration, we reached a point where that was a lie. Here we are again, where they're creating the very problems they point at to justify the next step. And we're many people are sleepwalking right into it. But I know most of you see through it. It's time to speak up. Stand up, rise up, walk through the streets, show people that you know what's happening. Because I'll tell you what, they see it too. And if they see you standing up, they see you having courage to fight back, it'll give them courage too. The Milgram experiment, people just need to see that, it's, that there is another option. And that option is fighting back, resistance, saying no, that you're not going to acquiesce. I do not comply. You have a right to make your own choices. They don't just get to tell you that they're better than you, and so they know better. You know what's best for your family and your life. You always have. Thank you for being here, guys. I'm wearing my Question Everything t-shirt, so make sure if you want to check that out, you go to truthclothing.io. Go to the channel if you want to buy one of these shirts. There's a bunch of new colors on there as well. And in general, if you'd like to support The Last American Vagabond, the donation button is on the website. You could find it on there right at the top. And uh, I might as well just, it doesn't matter. You guys can find it. There's plenty of ways to donate and reach out. We even have a direct mail in the uh, uh, PO box. We need your support, guys. We can't do this without you. I love you all. As always, question everything.
come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We called people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence and in our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government.
we the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out. Do not let your voices be silenced.